This episode is brought to you by TwoLinedMusicCutStore.com. TwoLinedMusicCutStore.com is your all access to culture. Check out cultural merchandise like leggings, hats, mini boxing gloves, and bags. Also, t shirts like hip hop, nature, rock bands, reggae, and dark fantasy. Fast shipping worldwide. That's TwoLinedMusicCutStore.com. Now, let's check out this episode. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is Muscle, and this is another Two-Line Music Cuts Entertainment Report podcast. And today, we have a really special guest in the building. Listen, this guest was actually guest number 21 on the podcast when we started. We're now up to almost 260, and I said, listen, got to bring him back. He has a lot of great stuff to talk about. There's some stuff that he wants to say that he hasn't been able to say, and we're going to talk about it today. You know we have in the building today? We have Master Jeff from Nitro in the building today. What's going on, Big Boss? Ah, muscle. <laughs> and as you know, my brother, we're here again, man. As you said, you know, mm-hmm. we were like one of the first set of people when this podcast started and mm-hmm. it's, it's due time again. Yeah. It's just due time. A lot's been ha- happened since. Holy heap things go on mm-hmm. since and we're here again, back, man. So I just say go. Definitely. I like the fact that when I call you, it's just a one phone call away. Jeff, listen, anytime you need Jeff, one phone call away. You understand? For real, man. Yeah, man. That's so bad. Even though them have it, they said that I'm very bad with phone, but right. I miss muscle calls. <laughs> <laughs> Which is true. I've talked to say a bit. Yeah. I'm not the best person with phones, but mm-hmm. I don't miss muscle calls. You know, because I even miss it and getting a call right forward. You know, <laughs> you know how Yeah, it goes. man. The respect, man. You Listen, know we, we're going to take you from day one and bring you right up to right now because at that time there, there wasn't even no videos for the podcast so right yeah. now you actually get a video so we want to go from beginning my first question for you is this where do you grow up in jamaica and what type of child were you well <laughs> so i tell you so in jamaica i can i can say i grew up in like three different places mm-hmm. so i was born in kingston then my my parents uh, moved to Manchester. Mm-hmm. And then we were living in Manchester. Then I moved back to Spanish Town to live with my dad. Then uh, my mom migrated to Canada. Mm-hmm. And then we had to go and live with um, my dad, father, my grandfather, in St. Catherine. You see, we'll place them bus. <laughs> yeah. So then from St. Catherine, we migrated to Canada. So I pretty much grew up in like three different parishes, you know. Kingston, Manchester, and St. Catherine. Right As on, I yeah. came to Canada at maybe age 12 or 13, something like that. So okay. we never grew up a whole lot there. I mean, I was just in second farm in high school when I left mm-hmm. Jamaica. So, What do you remember of Jamaica at that time when you were there, especially the neighborhoods you were living in at that time there? Well, what I remember most mm-hmm. and what will always stay in my head is just music. Anything that happened to do with music. Mm-hmm. Me here, merciless say, anyways, power one panda knock, I want yeah. stealer, and then I want tree. That was my main interest. I just had a thing for music from, I think, from Bird Bass. So, mm-hmm. you know, anything that has to do with music, that's all I can remember. So, when I was in Manchester, if there's a little sound playing or anywhere, I was always just amazed by how they put music on record, how it come out to a speaker box. Me always have to figure out how them do that. Mm-hmm. And how somebody creates something like that. I went to St. Catherine and it was the same thing. And I will tell you more when my father get a little component set and everything. It was always music. Yeah. 
It was always so. What do you like more? Like from the sound system wise, artist wise, listening to the what was it that intrigued you the most back then? Never exposed to artists or having the knowledge of artists. Mm-hmm. It was just the music itself. And my dad is a big lover of music. Mm-hmm. So my dad always have records. He always have a thing when we're growing up in Jamaica. We call it changer. So what it is, is like it's a piece of furniture. Mm-hmm. And on one side, you have the turntable. Mm-hmm. And on the other side is the speaker. Mm-hmm. And you can cover it down and put all your figurine on top. Because <laughs> it looks like it's a furniture. And on Sunday morning or Saturday mm-hmm. morning time, that's the only time it's home. Mm-hmm. You understand? And once my dad put on a record, mm-hmm. I will sit there and watch the record play. Because in those days, there was no 45s. There mm-hmm. were just albums. Right? And uh, the albums that I know was Elvis Presley, okay. Skitter Davis, all of them, some fat stamina of these mm-hmm. people. So the man will put on an album and I will watch the record spin from top till it go and then him come and turn it over me. I wonder what this man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so from them time, you know. You're interested. So yes. it wasn't it wasn't really reggae or rock city no. or anything playing in the at house. That at that time, time. I know nothing about it's just I was just fascinated about record. Mm-hmm. And how the needle is on the record playing yeah. and the music coming out on this side. I mean, I try to understand mm-hmm. how that works. From there. Yeah, so that was my first interest. Didn't know anything about artists, not, not even reggae music then. Because mm-hmm. around then I was like five, six years old. It was later coming up a little older now. I start hearing my dad buying other records now and buying 45s. And that's so why I start about reggae music. No about the reggae yeah. from there. So then now you lived in these different places here you came to Canada what was your transition like coming to Canada was it more of a culture shock or what was it like coming to a place like Canada big culture shock mm-hmm. but um, I don't know if mom if you watch the interview you're one of them there yeah, me just attack the truth mm-hmm. a matter of fact let's just declare today everything that I'm gonna say here I'm trying to be 100% honest as I can mm-hmm. So, mom, don't be mad. Mom, my mother brainwashed me about Canada. Mm-hmm. You know, I had the impression that when we came here, that money was on tree and we could have just pick it. That's the kind of picture she painted. Mm-hmm. Canada was the most beautiful and the greatest place on earth. Mm-hmm. And how some pretty white girls, when they see my sons, they're going to give you BMWs and Benz. And we couldn't wait to become a Canada muscle. <laughs> wait talking about I couldn't wait to become a part. Listen, when we migrate into Canada and have a big family, mm-hmm. All right, like seven brothers plus my dad. Eight of us okay. migrated the same time. We all wore the same clothes. So from Jamaica to Canada, people are asking us if we were a, if, if we are a band. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, man. Yeah. Me have to send a picture come show you. <laughs> yeah. Are you guys a band? Because we here now we here now we both tie in about that. And we dress grey shirt and dress pants, you know. Mm-hmm. See, now we come in and me answer me can't wait to come to Canada, you know. The beauty of it was we came here in the night. So I don't know if everybody noticed. When you're coming into Toronto in the night, you know, you're sitting at the window, you know, and you see the pretty light there. You hear me? This is foreign. <laughs> I couldn't wait for land until we mm-hmm. find out, say, boy. <laughs> this is foreign. This is foreign, and I want to go back near it. Yeah. Because I mean, I like foreign. <laughs> Did you come winter yeah. or more summertime? Came summer. We came here May. Mm-hmm. My, we might have created here May, May 89. So it was a summertime, mm-hmm. you know. Normally we in Jamaica and anytime we see a bird we take up a stone and drive a lick down the bird them and we go out and look in at the front yard and me I see be a bird mm-hmm. right and we foot them so we came in fine stone me and my little brother them and look for stone my mother like what you doing you 
can't do that here. Me I said, oh, them brothers are tame. <laughs> Yeah, man, it was it was dead, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> like crazy. So it's a real culture shock. So even your that first winter, shock. what was that winter like? The first winter here. The first winter here was it's just like I, I would I will assume everybody's first winter. Mm-hmm. It's like seeing ding dong last night in the snow. Yeah, They're like a little kid is like we can't wait. Can we hear about snow? Remember mm-hmm. we not see them something in the bus. So when we we can't wait for snow mm-hmm. coming, when the first snow fall, you know, we jump up in that and roll, you know. <laughs> We're not busy about how cool it was, you know. Yeah. This is snow happening. We only hear about them something here. Mm-hmm. So experiencing it, so it was exciting for us. It wasn't so much of, oh my God, I, we can't stand the cold and whatever. We, we were younger kids then, and mm-hmm. back then You're just excited. We just excited. So we see snow mm-hmm. and we want to play night, man. Mm-hmm. Good. You hear families here doing everything. You still do. You still have that love for music when you came here. Yes, man. Because mm-hmm. it's like it's embedded in a muscle. From then to today, when Missy don't I talk to you, that that never change. Yeah. It's just a passion that I have, and I think it's a gift that God gave me. Mm-hmm. So it never changed. Then I, when we come again, I did start. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, man. Mm-hmm. So what were some of your, you're, you're young now, but what were some of your first moves to actually start either pursuing music more like listening to a radio station? Some, what was your first movements? It was in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. So where we were living in St. Catherine, um, we didn't have electricity at the time. Mm-hmm. So... Most people there had generators, thing what we call Delco plant. Mm-hmm. But most of the people who own these generators are people who go and farm work. So these are people who migrated to Canada, the USA for six months work and then buy them generator and come back home. Mm-hmm. So back then, if you have two little speakers and a little something, it's a sound, you know. <laughs> sound was not, de- was not defined as having four columns and big steel on, you know. Once a one speaker, you have a record, yeah. you have a you sound, have a sound. And you, a, and you give your sound a name. Mm-hmm. So in my district, we had like a couple of the farm workers bring down them little music and thing, call it components at the mm-hmm. time, but that's all. So my dad never traveled. And he always see me, I got him like me. He, he didn't like me going from people's house to people's house. He's a man like to keep himself to himself. So For sure. he never liked that. So he decided, say, okay, seeing that is what taking you out of the yard, I'm buy one. So the man buy one component set mm-hmm. at Singer. And it marked... The makeup the component set is black magic. Yeah. Yeah, so it printed on it black mm-hmm. magic. You have one little bass key and two little cassette and on the top you play a record and mm-hmm. the man start by one one record, you know. So then this only in black magic. And then my brother went out and buy two additional speakers on it now. So mm-hmm. me, my sound become the biggest sound yeah, of the yeah, district yeah, now. Yeah, big sound. Yeah, when the man them turn on and we turn on, turn mm-hmm. off, man. And then from this, so me start to select, you know. Mm-hmm. Yes, man, because now me can play the records and stuff. So, and my father did just love music. Mm-hmm. I used to buy a lot of King Jammin's records. Okay. Because this is now where the reggae started to right. come in. Right. So, there. back in those days, I'm listening to artists like Admiral Bailey, mm-hmm. Johnny Osborne, those kind of singers, Frankie Paul. Mm-hmm. Remember, my father, this is a Dean Fraser album. Mm-hmm. Where my play sax. And my father will play that record ten times. Yeah. And it's just sax and reggae underneath it. Mm-hmm. Yes, man. I mean, he played that for whole night because I one and two every weekend. I want five, five recording. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. So like when me, we I mean, then he used to have parties in the in the yard. Mm-hmm. 
So if I 15 record me lay out the whole of them on the bed and I just put it in the order so I start from left. And then we go to right and then we start back from left again and we just play the same record until the party done. And this is all one turntable. The most man, we never know about nothing. I never know there's nothing as two turntables. Mm, and a mixer. Till one day, it. one big sound coming out of this, she comes string up on me and say, Come eat, think of my sound like Biggie sound like really now. I <laughs> don't know nothing about no stone love and nothing of them something. Yeah. No jar or no jack rule. Afterwards, I know mm. about them something. Black magic and the big sound. Then me know one man keep on party one Christmas and I see one truck pull up and I see man take out about one million speakers. I say, that's what I have. <laughs> <laughs> that's a song. It's a song that I Yeah. Yeah, man. Crazy. So then Black Magic really started from in Jamaica then, just because of the components that said Black Magic on it. Yes, and when my dad migrated into Canada, him left his speaker box, but him carried the components yeah. apart. <laughs> so I brought it here. Yeah. So that's how Black Magic come about with Jeff and Sleepy because we made us near me the sound right after the same mm-hmm. thing that we did have. That's that I did not know. <laughs> yeah. Understand. Straight. Yeah. So yeah. when did you guys actually start to form Black Magic then? As in when you came up here because you said you came up like 12 or something. So clearly you didn't start right away. When did you actually start to pursue building this sound? I think we pursued building that sound around um, maybe about 93 93, 93, 94. Mm-hmm. And it was all inspired again by the sound system that I saw in Canada. Mm-hmm. One of the ones were um, Night Rider 5000. Mm-hmm. Because I went to George Harvey, and Night Rider 5000 had a, a, a restaurant and bar. And in the basement, Big Dance used to keep down there every weekend. Mm-hmm. That is how I get to know Dr. Ringding at the time now. So we. Every week, like every 12 o'clock when we get lunch in a bus, yes. ringing gone at the basement and turn on the sound, you know. Yes. And we over there, you know, with ringing, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, sometimes we reach back, sometimes we can't even go back in our school, you know, because we had a girl, him over there, dance, and sitting there, you see man pants front, wet up and all them things there, because man now dance to music, and yeah. at them time there, you know, man now meditate while mm-hmm. they dance, you know what I'm saying? So these things happen, yeah, it reached me yeah. too, so I'm not see just them. I mean... I mean, turn on the big yeah. sound and play, and the time that we are, yeah, so that's when I was like, yo. Mm-hmm. No, but how Black Magic come about was one night, um, high tech sound, stereo profit, tempo, mm-hmm. get to Kian, a night rider, five mm-hmm. sound, yeah. in at the basement, and all of them string up in the box, because those days you don't play from people's sound. Wow. In at the basement. So mm-hmm. from school, can. Ringding and I went to George Harvey. So from school, I said to Ringding, I like, at the time, we liked the drum machine effects. Mm-hmm. Because City Rock from Spanish Town, they carried yes. one drum machine mm-hmm. thing. And we did love it and the whole world adapted. So he had one of the drum machines and the sound, and because I, I, I could play drums. Mm-hmm. Right? You play drums? Yes. Okay, we're going to talk about Night Red and then I want to get back to your drums. But tell me. Yes, so we're telling you how Black Magic come about. So mm-hmm. then. Rinding and I decided that, okay, I'm going to be the drummer mm-hmm. for the night when you're playing. Mm-hmm. And rest in peace, you know, doctor, and if you're in here, you know, you know I truth me I talk. I mean, I always tell a story and I never miss it, so you know I'm true. Yeah. Anyway, Night Rider, I start get some beat, because High Tech start drop some, some tune for them in there, mm-hmm. you know, that time the Night Rider, um, High Tech, I play a bag of cable tandems. Mm-hmm. And when Night Rider time for come play, you now, me position myself around the drum machine. 
Then Rinding said to me, say, where you are the round, yeah, so. mm-hmm. I mean, I say, what do you mean? Now the drum may I play. We had an agreement. We have mm-hmm. a verbal agreement from school. Jeff, I go play the drum. Come in off it. Hello, Mr. Ladwick. And the man said, yo, move around, I say, you're not selector. Yeah, yeah, man. Tears full me everything, man. Mm-hmm. Me asleep, he stand up there and disappointed, you know. Mm-hmm. Because that was my night to get my little burst on the drum machine. Because you know. these are, because remember yeah, the man. songs you're talking about are these big heavy Toronto they songs. They might tell me to move around the song because I'm not selector. And that's when me and Sleepy say, you know what? Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to try something for ourselves. Yeah, so we go to my kid to try to get two speakers and two little things and buy mm-hmm. two turntables and whatever. And Sleepy father came in, mm-hmm. was supposed to be the co signer. Because we are working at McDonald's, 425 hours. Right. Yeah. And when the man bring everything and tell him, say, it's going to be like 4000 and something dollars, well, for money in mm. them time. What? Sleepy father look for the man and say, you must be mad. <laughs> I walk out left way. <laughs> and the sales guy that was dealing with us stand up there and see, we, we stand up, we can't move. Mm-hmm. Dumbstruck. And the man said, hold mm-hmm. on, let me go for my manager. And the man went upstairs and the manager came down. Mm-hmm. He said, I saw there's something about you two guys. I see something in you. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. And what I'm doing, I'm not supposed to. Because you're not working enough money. You don't have enough credit to cover this. But for some reason, I'm going to give you a chance. That's why. Tears are dry come down mm-hmm. my face, man. And we get the van and jump up and carry something. Black magic start from this, you know. First Ninja Man album, one album we buy. Yeah. Yeah, man. The album with Ninja Man, a pretty album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Buy it by Eglinton. And that was where Black Magic really Black started. Black Magic started from there, so. So were you playing drums before you started Black Magic or after? Yeah, man. Were... We got a church, you know, we grew in a Christian home, so we play a drum every Sunday. Yeah. Yes, and when Crucia and Convention, I go to church, hire me. So we have a group of guys that we play with, so the church, and we hire me, we go play music, man. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, man. One at the time, we, um, Glenn Washington, mm-hmm. Farmer Bannon was playing with Glenn Washington one at the time. We used to rehearse and all of these things. What? Yes. So when I was going to George Harvey, they had mm-hmm. special funding for students with special talent. So mm-hmm. me now, they brought in a, a, a teacher to teach me mm-hmm. how to read notes to play drums. But Black Magic yeah. did their own the corner, and me want so every time them pay for the man coming and yeah. they had, they had, they had the lessons, you know. Yeah, me I play music, and them just cut. That's why I never become a professional drum, mm-hmm. drummer. So you knew how to play it from ear, you just, just didn't ear, know how just to read gift. the notes. I can't tell you how I play drums when I was yeah. a little boy growing up. I never know how drum set because we never have TV and those things, mm-hmm. but me just going like in the bushes and pick up any little can and something and an uh, old wash pan, mm-hmm. me, put it, me put it down and get one little silver plate and put it on a stick, see a cymbal. i never, ever seen a drum set in my life. That's why. So the first time I saw actual drum kit, mm-hmm. I was wondering, because I didn't know there was such thing as a bass drum. There's a snare, there are thumbs, there are cymbal, there are hi-hats. Yeah. Me just imagine something in my head and build a drum set. Yeah, this is what you think it would look like to create this sound I never right seen here. a picture. And when I saw that, I was like, boy, I will if I think <laughs> me waste time. May I tell you, Miss yeah. Dango design plane or something, may I tell you. <laughs> yeah, man, the first time I saw a kit, mm-hmm. and I just asked the guy if he could give me a play. I never played a drum set in my life. I'm just go on the thing and just start, go like this. 
it's just when something's no. in you. Yeah, my old brother them is like, yo, mm-hmm. I've never played a drum set from a band. But being a little boy and tie up my little thing, them and always I play and all kind yeah. of thing. I just saw the thing and just figure I said, me can't play it. Yeah. It's just like driving a car. Me and my brother always I drive. Mind. I never had a license. Me about mm-hmm. 15 years old. I me tell the man say give me a drive up. I'm carrying. Give me the key. Mm-hmm. Believe I drove me. I mean, I turn up Eglinton. Yeah. And come back when me a church one Sunday. When me reach back, the whole church outside. Yeah. People are praying. I get in the spirit. Cause them figure say me dead or something. Where's the? Car? I me just pull up back with the car. At first, me a drive on car. Me never know. <laughs> me just ask him which one I break. I try to guess. I'm just God. You have a vivid imagination where it's almost like you could picture yourself doing it. Yeah. So then, when you now are actually doing it, yeah. it's like almost like you felt I've done this before. I do this a lot though mm-hmm. with everything. It's night anniversary party is gonna happen tomorrow. I see the party before it happens. Mm-hmm. Premeditate the whole thing. Yeah. yeah, it's that gift that you have of foresight yeah. and understand how things are supposed to work and look. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, man, that's crazy. There. All right, so you're playing your drums. Black Magic is here now. What was was it easy to get Black Magic off the ground, or was it a little difficult at that time there to really get it going? It wasn't really difficult. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you why it wasn't really difficult because at Judge Harbor we used to have a lot of school dances, mm-hmm. so we start playing at the school dances. Mm-hmm. That was the first time I've seen a son called King Turbo. Okay. Yes, man. Yeah. The man, them come and play one school dance. We used to have school dances like once a month mm-hmm. in the cafeteria. Yes. Night dances, mm-hmm. you know. At George Harvey, and one son come the one time there in King Turbo. I mean, the man, them play some Bojoband and dub play time, I say. But the man, them, you tell like the same age as we, I say, who the man, the man? Who are these people? Why you name Slingshot? Mm-hmm. You know? And then, in our way, me, I wonder because we have our little black magic thing I do, and then them come and all of the girls, them go crazy and whatever, me, I say, me, I have to reach a level there, you know? Yeah. This is an angle work. Me, I have to go there, so. So, was King Turbo that put that thing in your mind? Yeah, man. Well, there was always Night Rider 5000. Mm-hmm. But King Turbo come in and it was on a different level. Mm-hmm. And they look the same age like you, so it's basically we're kids, and these kids are doing this. Yeah. So then I know this is yeah. possible. Even though we're ringing, are they? But ringing their own some big man, Barry Flintstone and yes. some big older man. Then Mr. King Turbo come mm-hmm. in. Me not see nobody with them. I just two two young youth. I miss them. I mash up the whole place. Yeah. I may I say, how them man, man? Mm-hmm. Me I forgot the sign up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, from that, so some from this, so no, it wasn't hard. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so we started at, and then again, you know, it'll be a basement party, as you hear, double six tell you. Mm-hmm. We're not going to big house in time, like, so, so we start getting a lot of basement parties, and mm-hmm. then we start putting our faces on the flyer, our banner now yes. start printing. Yes, yes. And then I guess the girls, they never find ways about looking. So, one of the things that, that I guess they catch on to, that mm-hmm. give us the buzz. Me and Sleepy had a kid and play your style. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I remember Electric Circus. One brother used to come for Electric Circus. I want to name him, like Bobby Brown style name, Gumby. Yes. So, that, so that's when up your so come high mm-hmm. and then he goes slant. slant. Yes. And then ringing, and then just ringing, rest in peace. And then Sleepy had the big tall cameo. Oh, yeah, up your so. So we buy all the spray if you keep it stiff. So when you move, you hear no moving. Yeah. 
So we have the two style, man. You know, we have we have Google boys, man. We have we travel facts, and we have a goose jacket, and we have we think them, and we write up with name them. So after them time, them no more promotion. You know. <laughs> write all my name in my ear, back put mm-hmm. name on my ears, ring, and and the little young girl them start have a little buzz now. So anywhere we play. Mm-hmm. Little young girls, them coming so at the fastest sunrise, man. They come like zebra and and lectus bus. Yeah, we never see one sunrise so fast. But one, one ninja man album, mm-hmm. and within like two years, we about yeah playing against big sounds, playing with bass. And this is when them come here, all of those sounds, black magic. That's how quick it was, yeah, man. Mm-hmm. I fastest sound, Mr. Bus. Mm-hmm. The band fast is sold, Mr. Boss. We start going to Jamaica to cut the plate and all that thing there. When we meet one thing for the first time, we go cut one dub name Splurt. For Black Magic. For Black Magic, $10,000. That's, that's how I know you know what you're talking about because that's exactly what he was charging. With. And this no, would be like a charge 93, 94 type of time. He didn't charge 10 grand. He want way more money. A 10 mm. grand alone we have. Yeah. I need to cut you see me and sleep. He stand up in the yard and say, Youth. Mm-hmm. I didn't go to kill and talk to kill and I said, I had two youth them, you know. Mm-hmm. And we are youth at high school, you know. I'm going to kill and take the 10th grade and sing the song for me. That's why I'm always with Rodney. Yeah. Never turn us away. Be a man. That's big right there. So then, did you guys get into any clashes or anything? Or was more juggling at that time there? We were really juggling, you know, but we are one and two dub for different ourselves. Yeah. If you come to Eglinton, you can't be here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't say go. Yeah. So the first time I hear a Spraga Bench dub played was on um, Metro Media. Mm-hmm. And I just really like the sound of the man's voice. So I pray to your Lord, tell your family, bye bye. I mean, the man then played it on the hands. I said, yeah. hey, we need to know this brother. <clears throat> so we get a link with Spraga Bench. So I was playing the most Spraga Bench back then. No sound as a little black magic, no sound ever plays Spraga Bench. So when you come to play, you better know, say. Yeah. You have to up in a one bag of Spraga. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, straight, man. So we played a lot of Spraga Bands then. Mm-hmm. And how long did the Black Magic situation last for? How oh, long Black Magic last now? Black Magic last... Black Magic last maybe to about 90... Maybe about 96, 97. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Maybe around that time. Mm-hmm. Because me and Sleepy had some differences and then yeah, we shipped the sound to, to Jamaica. You ship black magic to Jamaica. Yes. Um, Sleepy come from one little place named Coca in Saint Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. It's there right now. So we ship the song to Jamaica, mm-hmm. and I wasn't playing no song for a while. And then I go on Indica. You were an Indica, Jeff? Yes, man. Fast. Okay, hold on first. Why did you guys ship black magic to Jamaica at that time there? Um. Again, it wasn't happening here. Mm-hmm. And um, it was some really some family issues. I started having a family, mm-hmm. and uh, it was creating a lot of conflicts with playing the sound and having the family, and I chose the family. Mm-hmm. And I'm um, sleepy, just say, you know what? I said it to Jamaica, you know, because we're not, we're not doing it here. Because mm-hmm. I parked sound for a minute, and I was just doing this fatherhood thing. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened. That never really worked out, because again, the love of music, it, it no matter who, you know, you have to find something. Yes. Yeah. So how do you get to Indica now? Because I was just talking to six the other day, and some Indica was a bad, bad little song. Yeah, man, Indica, Indica, Mr. Mm-hmm. Pang cut wally pa duplik, mm-hmm. Mr. Pang cut with clash, with clash also. Mm-hmm. It's a clashing song, the yes. juggling song. You understand? Mm-hmm. 
So, um, Pang linked me and said, Jeff, you know, I do not need to come play the song with Innocent. Yeah. Uh, Innocent, we play, but Innocent not organized. You remember Innocent? Of course. In, it was in, I remember in the cars, Innocent and Pong, I did not remember you were over there. Yeah, man, but I never for long. Mm-hmm. So maybe you wouldn't remember because it wasn't for long. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you something else you probably never didn't know neither. Mm-hmm. I play military sound, you know? Yeah. Yeah, man, I play military for about six weeks and quit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. lad. Mm-hmm. You did hire me. And one of the time, lad, fly out to New York and him call me and say, Jeff, Play sound for me now, whatever, because I wasn't doing anything then. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they were military for a couple of weeks, you know, and, but it was no issues. Me just never bother with that either. Me mm-hmm. just said, you know, um, me allow that sound thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Me have pre some schooling and them thing, and me just never want to play no more sound after that, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then it started off Black Magic, went to Indica for a bit. Mm-hmm. And then to military, mm-hmm. and then you said, okay, it was school you wanted to go to at this time. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Yes, I said, I'm going to schooling because I come from a very educated family, and me just play a sound, and at the same time, they will support me, but mm-hmm. I mean, me have to have a balance, you know. Everybody got university and college and graduate, and mm-hmm. I had that potential from back home. You know, me, I used to do common entrance and get all scholarship for going to school in Jamaica and all of them things. So, okay. where I said, I come here, no one's like, you know, my eldest brother was like a second father, and the two like him, do your music, but brother, you know, something said, you know what? Yeah. Love music a little bit, I mean, I go back to school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What did you take when you went to school at that time there? Uh, well, I finished up high school, because mm-hmm. I never did finish high school, you know, because this music thing took me out of school. So I finished up high school, and then I, I was going, uh, I was doing um immigration consultant course. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I was doing a little immigration work and recruiting. St- I was yeah. re- recruiting international students to come and study here. So I was working for some of the universities and colleges for okay. Canada. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I was re- recruiting mm-hmm. also workers to come here and work and stuff like that. So I'm saying, you know, I'm like, that's something I know. So yeah. I got school feet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God, you did that for a while. And then when did the music decide to creep back into your life again. It's like, okay, school is cool and everything, mm. but this music is calling me again. Yeah, man. Well, music and ring didn't call me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> they called me up and they said, listen, um, we have a new um, idea here, something new that mm-hmm. you have never seen before. Come yeah. check it out. Mm-hmm. And then go over there and them with CD sound. I said, well, I'm to end up here, man. Where am I going with this? And what year was this? It's about 97. 97. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But 97. Mm-hmm. Late 97 going into 98. Mm-hmm. Then introduced me to this Nitro thing. Mm. Who was, you said Ring Ding called, who else was around the song at that time when you got there? When I got there, Ring Ding was the only one that was playing it. But mm-hmm. around the sound was Mr. Lee mm-hmm. and Coco. Coco wasn't very much involved at the time. Simone came came later, mm-hmm. but it was really Mr. Lee and Ringding was around the sound and the, the people who owned the sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from there '97. So at first you didn't like the concept of a CD song when you. Well, first it's not it? so much like it. I never excited. I wasn't yeah. excited because even the owner of the sound, mm-hmm. the day when I came and saw the whole thing, the man said, "Ringding, this man and I work out in a time. Maybe look like him excited enough." I mean, I say, you know, I'm not really get excited for most things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
But me pre me see it and me I say, wow. Now man, I was amazed, man, by the idea, man. Yeah. CD alone, and at the time, they say there's they said they were the only people that doing it exclusively. Mm-hmm. Because Nitrax was in Jamaica, but they were playing vinyl and CD at the time. So they have yes. two turntables and they have two CD player and the sound. Okay, so they didn't go fully 100 no. into... Nitro was really the first sound to go exclusive with two CDs. Yeah. Two CD players. Yeah. So the concept was great. And then the second time when I go, yeah. at the studio, I see ringing with about 15 dot, mach- dot tapes. And on the dot tapes, them, mm-hmm. I'll be a double plate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I said, I'm ready now. <laughs> no, I'm ready. That money are serious. They need this. They mean business. You, but it was the dubs that really convinced you. Say, yes, okay, man. Then is... what? And then I realized uh, the man, them like around the sound, is gonna fund it, and mm-hmm. some funds definitely fund it. And me, I say, okay, mm-hmm. maybe I eat this. Yeah. You know, maybe I eat this right or so. And with the respect, when me have a ringding again and. And Ring Ding is the one that let me start playing sound in Canada. Mm-hmm. And then if him call me if he come play with him, it's a Hannah. Yeah. Ring Ding we had that about. Because remember, as you said, you, you guys were playing the, you were the drum man on Ninja 5000. Well, at least that's what you thought you were going to do. Mm-hmm. And then he said, nah, man, hold this. But then he came back for you. Yeah, man. He came back because, again... We took that as a motivation and black magic, and then mm-hmm. they saw the, the talent and everything. And, and you know, I have a friend of mine, mm-hmm. Rakadan, big up Rakadan. Rakadan said, Ring Ding, if anybody you ever played a song you with, mm-hmm. it have to be Jeff. Mm-hmm. And that was it, history from the song. From there. Mm-hmm. So then now, okay, you're convinced you joined the song. What were some of you guys' first movements around Nitro now to really get the song, the sound, off the ground? Get the song. I think we, we, the song out the ground really happened in Alberta, not in Toronto. Okay. Because the owners for um, Nitro had some connections in Alberta and things. Mm-hmm. So we were going to Alberta like every weekend. So Nitro started out there before we even started playing over here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the song lift out the ground again like a, like a Zebra and Lexus bus. Mm-hmm. One time. Yeah, it never take time, no long at all. Because again, this whole CD concept was one thing. Mm-hmm. But then how them just come in and play so much dubs? And dub was a big, huge thing at this time here. We're mm-hmm. talking about it in the 90s. Yeah, man. You understand? We're playing a lot. Everything where we are playing, I really dubs. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what? Mm-hmm. How would that money I remember a Jack here you guys played. Mm. But you guys were not just only playing the dubs. You guys were doing tricks with these dubs too where you guys would look, look how we could take off the rhythm. Look how we could take off the voice. Look how we could do this. You know what I mean? So you guys were really using the technology. You guys yeah, had. man. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. All hats off to Ring Ding because that's him. Mm-hmm. Up to the DM pass him up to beat with technology. Yeah. Anything where come in, him or other Peter know about it. Mm-hmm. Not now pass him. Crazy. Yeah, man. What was you guys' first big dance in the Toronto to say, okay, here is Nitro? Mm, I think probably the big dance where well, here is Nitro is, is the is the party that they kept with um Tony Matara and Adonai Nitro. Mm-hmm. Because again, Adonai and Nitro were like two brothers. Okay. So people that owned those two songs were two best friends. Mm-hmm. Right? So that is how the link happened. 
because yeah. they were sound of the future. Right. Mm-hmm. So that is how that link happened. So I think that maybe was their biggest party. I wasn't mm-hmm. at that party then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't present at that party, but that party was probably one of the biggest parties they never mm-hmm. have on a big stage. And yeah. then now you guys are now joining the big songs because at that time, 97 would be, Black Rack should be on the road already. Yeah, man. Military. Um, there was Barry Cultures. Uh, Reaction are going, Holy Padema are going. You'll be a kick up, man. Mm-hmm. And you'll be playing around our little garage. We're on the road, run, run out. I saw me no newbie now. Okay. Yeah, man. We're playing around our little garage, man. A little barbecue thing. And we run there, play some dubs. And sitting, man, and this little brown boy, I can talk about my pants big. Yeah. <laughs> And even though me that play some dubs, newbie never have dubs with me about the time. Mm-hmm. But after newbie gone, the man laugh off at me, the man say, you see the man call your pants big, man. After and this, I know that little boy had the face, you know. Mm-hmm. No, man, I see, no. Yeah. The man, this up my pants, he most way in a bridge, and it's like, it's like him win me because he this up my pants. You know? yeah. <laughs> newbie would remember those things. Yeah. See, uh, run a Reggie garage. Yeah, man, but um, all of those songs were around, man. Everybody had kick up, man. But at the same time, they were really impressed with this whole Nitro thing. Mm-hmm. Even when Steenie, I remember Steenie said to me, said, boy, yo, I want to play so much about tequila. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know what I mean, Nitro man, them, that's some, they, they never play with, with whatever, because his motto was, mm-hmm. we don't run second in a nothing in a bus, so we're not doing it. Straight goods. Yeah, man. So, if we have to play one song and them have 50 bond team, I count 100, you know. And send with Garo. That's that was yeah. how we started out. Yeah. Never ended up that way, but yeah. that's how we started. Out. <laughs> so was Nitro built as a class song or just a song that has a lot of dubs to play? Whenever no man, back in the nineties, nobody not really a juggle. Mm-hmm. There was no such thing. Me here, um, double six interview. Back in that time, they're not really a juggle. Mm-hmm. You understand? You have to have dub it. and most songs are clash. Cause yeah. them time clash was the thing. It was mm-hmm. no juggling nothing. Afterwards, also Leo, them man stone love with them juggling. Once two sound a player, any amount of sound yeah. a player, it's it gonna end up in a clash all when it dance not a clash. Cause mm-hmm. man gonna play them dub and drop words. Mm-hmm. So this sound start off cutting dub plates. That is why I have so much hardcore dub plates then. Right? Mm-hmm. It was when I made that transition to Jamaica, I stop cut hardcore dubs. Mm-hmm. So how long was Nitro active before you guys actually left for Jamaica? Two years. Only two years. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, man. So the intention was to build this sound to take it, or that came after the fact? It come after the fact, you know. Yeah. It reached a stage where there was nothing else to accomplish in Canada. And not like what it is now. Mm-hmm. Canada was not recognized in the 90s. Not at all. In the dance hall world, whether you're an artist or a sound. Mm-hmm. In a matter how King Turbo was, once a Canada you're from, you've just been looked down at like you're nobody. Mm-hmm. So we weren't standing for that. We didn't settle for that. Mm-hmm. We want to go places. So we're in Canada and there was nothing else here to accomplish. Right? And we figured so we want the big stage. So in order for us to get the big stage, you have to go to Jamaica. It would have just something to do it for you. Mm-hmm. Now you can do it from here because the thing changed. But Internet back then, and all of those stuff there. But then if you want your name called internationally, you have to come out of Jamaica. It's mm-hmm. an international sound. Yeah. Your name is not a call from Canada. Not going to, it wasn't going yeah. to happen. That is why we made the move. Mm-hmm. And how was it actually... In your mind now, you migrated to Canada, your family, everything is here. Now to say, I'm going to leave Canada to go 
back to Jamaica to play song. How did you even process that in your mind? I process that in my mind. I can't wait for the day to come to jump and play in and reach Jamaica. Okay. <laughs> because now I can't just imagine how I tell you about mm-hmm. from me growing up. Seen records spinning on a turntable till it reached right as an hour. Me I get my international bus now. What you talking about? Me now I think about nothing else. Mm-hmm. Nothing else. Mm-hmm. Little daddy time, me make up feet sometime. Me <laughs> come back. <laughs> so come back. Yeah, some yeah. part in there. You know, daddy loves yeah. you. He'll come back. Me, I'm I, trying I, to build this. Me, I pray. Me, I pray this whole concept going to Jamaica. And mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. the influence was Adonai moved to Jamaica. You. Remember I told you Adonai owner and Nitro mm-hmm. owner are best friends, are good friends. Mm-hmm. So now Adonai went there and we saw the success. So now our people must say, yo, Nitro right there now. Mm-hmm. So that is when that's why we moved to Jamaica and even was working so closely with Adonai. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you guys were the two futuristic sounding, looking, feeling sounds. Everything at that time was there. different. The sound effects is everything different. It's, mm-hmm. it's a change. It's like oh, cartel come and change dancehall. Mm-hmm. Adonai come and change the whole way of juggling and and how they were doing things and everything. Mm-hmm. They made that change then. Right there, they're doing their. Th- so, what was the reception like for you guys when you guys first got to Jamaica? The reception was so much more than people want to see than hear. Mm-hmm. So when we actually would play, we would have to have like whole heap of man run with a secure with from people pushing down and, and people want to come to see oh, how this. Remember they never seen nothing like this before. See the sound. You know what I mean? And then what Ringling did, Ringling get one little effects machine mm-hmm. because at the time those CD players were they were tray. You press the button and the tray lift up and you put the CD inside. That's and what you like, guys no. started playing at. Then that's what CD was. The latest pioneer yeah. player at the time was that. You press the eject button and the tray lift up. Mm-hmm. You place the CD in it, you close it back, then you press play. Mm-hmm. And they were like, no, you bag a Q buttons and you have Q yeah. points, nothing like that. So when we didn't know we get an effects machine and put some effects in there. Mm-hmm. So when we are playing all the CD and we say, oh, well, ringing those pressure effects. And you <laughs> people ain't think a CD a wheel, not a CD wheeling. God, that they, have no, they never have that feature there. <laughs> Where did it come from? Yeah. Nah. Any wow. little effects, we put all of this up in there, so ringing no one for pressing if we have a wheel and press some little sitting. And he might go and like say, my wheel is CD, mm-hmm. if you want no CD, now nah, wheel, brother. That's I button in my press. You see, when you have to be innovative <laughs> and you could see miles ahead, that yeah, those little that. simple things is what changes the entire game. Yeah, so people are very excited to see. They want mm-hmm. to see, yo, oh, what is man? Mm-hmm. And how the man that mix the CD, the man, everything. So it, it was more, the first reaction was more of, we want to see this thing. Mm-hmm. And then before them start to are here where we are playing. Yeah. Yeah. So it was more like a novelty thing. You guys were almost like, you might as well have been white guys playing reggae. Yeah, man. You understand? That's straight goods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. For real, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everywhere we got people just amazed. People are mm-hmm. pushed down, they want to see it. And you would them want to say, yo, what that want to see that? No, the man, them wheel. You know what I mean? <laughs> then, may I tell you, the man, they make one little dislike like this. It's mm-hmm. not even for music. Yeah. I remember if you remember the little tiny the, the mini, mini The mini disc. The little mini disc. Mm-hmm. Brother, we put all one double plate on it. Yeah. And show the people, I want to say, people, watch yeah. it. We are showing the technology. Watch this. 
Look how that little CD here got match up with us. And put it in there and press play, man. The whole place. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's... <laughs> but you see how... To us right now, sitting down in 2022, it seems like, okay, that's that's normal stuff. But you see how advanced of thinking that was back yeah, then? Yeah, it was normal then. People yeah. weren't thinking. You know what I mean? The people weren't thinking like that. We got, we got Russ. I mm-hmm. showed them the little CD like this. Yeah. I put it at the turntable and I see 10,000 people. And I said, they were just amazed because it was a little mini This is not even for music. Mm-hmm. I put music on it. But because it was a tray mm-hmm. and the inside that fits, it is the same that size. little mini one. Yes. That's why it worked. Mm-hmm. The laser pick it up and play it the same way. Yeah. At the time, it was laser. Mm-hmm. That was, that, that, they, they, they put in the CD players. That's crazy. Yeah, man. Yeah. So you guys came down. People are amazed to see you guys with novelty. When did the novelty wear off and then you guys have to really start playing now? Because now we start having bookings against the big boys now, the giants them now. Mm-hmm. So I know so much of being amazed anymore. You're being amazed when you're going like in the country. Mm-hmm. But when you got town now, we party big flats of them there and the Willie Bogle, them and the, all of these Willie Haggards and all these big names that come out one party we have to play with Stone Love. Mm-hmm. Nobody no one come come and look, they want to hear how bad it is. Mm-hmm. So we had to quickly adapt, quick and fast, because we got Jamaica with these Willie for hardcore dubs. Mm-hmm. And when we are playing, everybody's not a look for winner. Because I think at that time, the business was changing. So it wasn't really, because you know Jamaica is everything is now, 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 new, 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 yeah, now, yeah, now, yeah, now. Yeah. But you came with the Canadian way of thinking that you think you're going to hardcore everybody. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Had to tour with them and while they sitting there, I play one bag, I don't play, people don't have a look for me like so. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, I just come and play to look at everybody, I go while and I say, yo, this got to stop. Mm-hmm. From there, something I cut no more, I don't play. Yeah. Till today. Mm-hmm. It don't cut one. If me cut one dub plate, it's not a foundation dub. If it's anything, it has to be juggling. Mm-hmm. Me not cut no hardcore dub. That's why you hear me play a whole pop on killer, but they are all on juggling rhythms. Yeah. Because mm. you have them already, you know what I mean? And you know yeah. that's not where you're going with the right. song. So because make we difference. figure out after the fact that the clash thing, it doesn't make me go brand up, mm-hmm. for one. It's a constant spending money. Mm-hmm. And this is a foreign sound come down from foreign. With your fancy machine. With a fancy machine, fancy car, all kind of thing. Me and man, Bossy, mm-hmm. I got a studio, so I get Bossy price. Mm-hmm. So, when I'm basically sick, I get killer 150,000 and get one six tune. Mm-hmm. A two tune that for me alone. So, mm-hmm. we sit down, uh, we, we looked at it, right? <laughs> From a business perspective, and realize that uh, this is not the way to go. For one, mm-hmm. too much money gonna be spending. Next, is no longevity because it was changing, and the clash was slowly, slowly. You understand? I come out a style and now a juggling around Jamaica. Mm-hmm. So we had to fit in there as quickly. Mm-hmm. We are, we hear all of the big songs, the Renaissance, Kappa Shots, all of these people. The other night, the Stone Loves, Metro Media, they might play. They might play dubs, but they might play them on juggling rhythm. So you got to adjust your game plan right away to know, okay, yeah, we could still play them, you know, but we got to speed this up. Yeah, quick and fast. We put them aside. We play them where? Yeah. The only time you play them, maybe if you go on country dance or something, because them mm-hmm. country dance love hardcore. Mm-hmm. But a juggling did around Jamaica, so we have to just load them hardcore dub play and start cut the juggling dubs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You mentioned a big dance. A lot of people don't even remember those dances. Was it Russ you said? Yeah, man, we play Russ, <laughs> Fully Loaded, Great Adventures. 
Tell me about your time on Fully Loaded. What was that like to play? This is the big Fully Loaded at this time here, you know? Yeah, man. Boy, nervous shit. Yeah. Where are someone? I wonder what is. May I tell you? Yeah. But we, we did get an opportunity to play on Fully Loaded, and we played on Fully Loaded the year when Wycliffe came. That's the year you were there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the year we were there, um, DJ Khalid, Matara, and Wycliffe, mm-hmm. you know. So I played that year, <clears throat> you know. Um, I can't remember Fully Loaded. I think we played earlier. Mm-hmm. I think it was the same time to when the massacre go on downtown and I went there and address it and, and play, um, we played um, a natural mystic mm-hmm. and I played a sizzler dub plate and the remix, fashion DJ fashion did that for us and mm-hmm. it a nice, you know, nice, a nice feedback and everything but mm-hmm. we were the highlighters for that yeah. show. Never we, because I had someone around there, Whitney Houston and Michael Jackson and the plate, so. <laughs> Kenny we? Rogers and all Kenny Rogers and all that, so, mm-hmm. so who is we, you know. Crazy. <laughs> so when you guys went down there, did you guys, were you guys back and forth or you permanently stayed in Jamaica for a while to really establish yourself? Yeah, man, we stayed here for five years. For five years? Yeah, man. So you didn't come, you weren't playing in Canada at all for mm-hmm. this period? No, we, were, we weren't even playing in Canada. When, yeah. when I came back to Canada, it was, a, when, it was the first time when we wanted to do Nitro Anniversary here. Yeah. And I came up here for one dance. You remember the dance? We always mm-hmm. talk about the dance. Mm-hmm. With we, yeah. King Turbo, um, come in there, the man them play bug, I ask them to so them bugging. Yeah. <laughs> I said, I played bug here. And then I have like 20 merciless dub and bug alone. <laughs> That was one of the only dances we ever did come back for, really. Mm-hmm. But we never really played here. Yeah. You know? That wasn't your thing, because even no, that no, dance no. here, I remember that dance is where King Turbo was playing here good, but I don't know what vengeance you guys had, but bro, that <laughs> night there, you said, Turbo, this is how you play. Count one, two, three, four, mix, and you guys were all... Yeah, because me have to show them where we learn now because it wasn't so much a Canadian thing again. We go to mm-hmm. Jamaica and it was like university for us. We learn a lot of things, mm-hmm. you know, and come back and realize that we're trying to show them that, okay, this is what we learn now. And yeah. We, and a different level still, you know, respecting on everything, but it's a mm-hmm. different level. But you see how that's funny? Remember, King Kerbo yeah. was the one where you're saying, okay, these are these young guys doing this. This is cool. Yeah, man. But then now you're on this big song. Now you're showing them. What's yeah, going man. On. You know a different I mean? level, man. Yeah. The exposure on a different level. I mean, Jamaica, we book like six, seven days a week, I play a song, you know. You guys were playing. Plus, we are travel to and we are playing Albo, we are playing New York, we are playing at the islands. You know what I mean? The only trip that I regret we never make because we had a tour to go to Africa. I remember what happened and it never worked out. Yeah. Yeah, man, but we played, you know. Went to Japan. All this time in this five years yeah. in Jamaica. Yeah. So I guess people seen you guys as the Jamaican song and probably with a connection to Canada. So you guys were not considered a Canadian song at all at this point. At that point. The only time mm-hmm. is when me I do an interview like when we had to know. Yeah. Like if me go up on TV, German in time, I would do an interview or whatever, and we say we're originally from Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, we did an interview on morning time, TBJ one morning. At the time, we went down to Jamaica with our CD boxes, and they were orange. Yeah. And after I come on for the show, I get a phone call, yo, change the color, yes, oh, I'm back to the I you know. brother, we have nothing to do with no politics, nothing. We come from Canada, the man say, yo, change that. 
me go get blue box. Yeah. I don't get one I didn't come here for this. No, don't can't tell Jamaica run different. Man. Yeah. My name said, no, man. Change that, you know. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm the call. Who the call I come from, I can say, okay, boss, we'll do that. <laughs> so I change them to blue. Yeah. <laughs> and what's this? Did you guys have a studio down there at the same time, too? No. Mm-hmm. Never had a studio in Jamaica. Yeah. The studio was after. Was after. Yeah, I went down and was mm-hmm. after that. Too. Okay, so you guys here doing your stuff. You guys are playing with a lot of songs, doing a lot of stuff. Tell me three big dances you remember you guys doing in that five-year stint there. In Jamaica? Yes. Three dances that stick so good, bad, or in between that you'll never forget. One of them is, I remember one night we had Stone Love played at um, Dunham Town. Mm-hmm. And um, Rory was at the dance. Slater was there. Cosby was there. And then we're playing, everybody played. There's only two songs. Mm-hmm. Stone Love, Chingo Power, there's a nice song, Chingo Power, yes, And I remember we had a Black Rob remix. Yes. Nitro is like, whoa. So DJ Fashion cut up that song. Mm-hmm. It was years after me and Delano on a flight going to Miami, and him said, I can I ask you a question, boss? <laughs> and I said, what happened, Lily? What happened? Him said, was that a black rap dub or was it a remix? I'm a laugh. Because <laughs> him was another king of remix. I mm-hmm. couldn't figure out so that was a remix. You know? It is a remix. Yeah. But how DJ Fashion did that remix, I thought it's a dub. Mm-hmm. Fully equipped. Nitro is like, wow. Drive jogs and bends. Nitro is like, wow, like, wow, like, wow. Nitro, nitro, my flow. Nitro is like, wow. So any be boss. That song, I want extra bass line on it. Mm-hmm. And when we play the night, Worry, come up on Nitro Sound and take it and say, Stone Love, turn off for the night and let Nitro play. <laughs> right now, this is the sound right yeah. now. Yeah, man, Slaughter Bix. And this is Rory. Yeah, man, Rory, take the mic and say, make Nitro play for the rest of the night. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget that dance. That's crazy. You understand? Yeah. Yeah, and then the rest of the dances, the next two dances would have to be like the Russ. Because it was a big stage where you, you, you I mean, Floor Clarence Beach at about 10,000 people up Tony Matara on stage, and you get to stand mm-hmm. up on the stage and it's like a sea of people in front of you. And you get to play that experience, there was something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. There's another dance too. I remember in a New York. Mm-hmm. I forgot one of the, with the club name, Big Night Club in a New York. And at the time, Rookie just make. Um, the redeem name, um, oh my God, oh my God, oh Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. It was Middlespin by the redeem. Mm-hmm. But Rookie by the redeem. Superstar. Superstar. See, mm-hmm. they must have no music. <laughs> Rookie makes Superstar and I'm get the redeem first. Okay. So I went to Q Nightclub. So I went to New York. Mm-hmm. I'm at around here and I play the redeem. I've never hear it yet. Because I tell him I go to New York the weekend and Rookie give me a thing and we cut some dub plate. Time Lexus mm-hmm. hot. Yes. And I play Bouncer Gala Gala more, like, more than you on the rhythm and mm-hmm. match up the whole Q club. And I remember Mataran come to me and say, yo, how do I think that? Mm-hmm. And Mataran asked me that. And I say, yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Say, rookie, man, Rookie give it to me, man. Make, it's by time, like the next two weeks. The dubs them with me have pan superstar a joke. Joke. Yeah man. Mataran cut out everybody belly pan it, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> superstar was hot. Mm, yeah, the first man rookie get a redeem them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you guys were down there, do you guys get into any tough juggling or clash with any sound down there at that time? 
Yeah, I think reading them, they clash with one sound, a million or something at St. Elizabeth one time. Maybe they only clash we ever play. But we never really play no clash. That was in your focus. Yeah, it's juggling. Mm-hmm. And we didn't cut clash tops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what was there is what's still there to today. Mm-hmm. From when we started out. Yeah. That's where my hardcore dubs them stop. We didn't cut hardcore dubs since then. Yeah. You know? But um, it was very competitive, brother. Because you're amongst the big dogs. You know what I mean? The man they go in a party and burn out all the top ten songs them in a one round. Yeah, just to see what you're gonna do. Excuse me, just to see what you're gonna do. Mm-hmm. You play with fire links and them man the fire links fire links burn out song by you in a better. Mm-hmm. Cause at the time that's their thing. Once someone get a chance to play, then I left nothing. Mm-hmm. So you're going half to find songs. You're going half to create. Mm-hmm. So that is when that is why when I came to Canada at the time and me I say yo. Turbo and who else is in the party and everybody else. <coughs> we kind of train for them on a different level. So when yeah. you play all bug, you have to be thinking because all the top 10 songs that I know you have that you're going to play and bug. But then I take the work with him and go cut one different juggling when they're on the 45 and show yourself, listen, you want to hear one next set of bug because you're not playing yeah. nothing yet. Yes, I remember. Here, yeah, four yeah. killer pump bug. Merciless, everybody. Because we just know, say, you're going to play the top 10 one we are here on record. Mm-hmm. We were we had to think ahead. Because broke you're, out with him come out and if the man might burn out the whole of them. So I have to take broke out and go build my own juggling with another pan record. If you can't play broke out too. Yeah. That, that was the kind of levels. Right there. Yeah. There's two names you brought up earlier. DJ Fashan and Lexus. How did you connect with those two people there? Lexus first. Mm-hmm. Lexus, um, when Nitro Sound just started out, Natty from other night used to cut Nitro dubs mm-hmm. before we went down to Jamaica. So I know I noticed that we got a dub. We got a dub from Jamaica with some artist named Lexus. At the time, um, um, Buster Rhymes have just mm-hmm. You understand? Mm-hmm. And then he did a dub after it. Mm-hmm. Chilling with my friend and with the name Nitro. But I made us fall in love with the dub. And every time we play, we get our energy from it. So when I go back to Jamaica now, I was at Arrow Studio. Mm-hmm. So. Me in the studio, I see nose, and I say, nose, I look for an artist named Lexus. You know him? Then one, one brother lie down on the ground in the, in the studio, just lie down on the ground there. So I see nose, look for the man. Mm. The man look for me, nose, look for me, and I say, wow. Yeah. And I say, see him the man. And I say, brother, are you named Lexus? Because me yeah. never know that he's a small artist, you know? Yeah. Me think the man that mash up the whole of the place. Me say, then brother, you look, looks like you want to be off, you know. <laughs> uh, me brother, big up yourself, yeah. you know, if you watch that something, yeah, you know, big up yourself, me know, say, yeah, yeah recover right now, you know, yeah, my brother. Mm-hmm. But at the time, I did want to be that thing. So, <laughs> me I said, then I him named Lexus. Yeah. Well, I don't know, when I'm growing now, I little pants, and sitting there, I don't no shoes, nothing, you know, man. And me I said, yo, yeah. you know how we real talk, you know, that? And the man I say, hey, I said, come give me some song and I give him a big mm. money today and from there so. Friend. From there so till today. Mm. Till I talked to him from the hospital bed last week. Yeah. That's well there. And fashion. How you guys meet? DJ, DJ fashion. fashion now. So a member of Nitro family was going to school in Florida. Okay. He was going to university in Florida. And he used to listen to the pirate station where DJ Fashion and Khalid played at. Mm-hmm. Now Fashion Roll and that station was done to play remixes. Mm-hmm. So at the time, remix was a thing. 
If you're not, if you're not fully loaded or great and benches and you're not playing remix and remember Renaissance, they're doing their own remixes and things, so and we want to compete with these boys. Mm-hmm. So he said, Listen, we wanted somebody to do some remixes for us. And mm-hmm. he said, Yo, see, if you come to Florida, I want you to work on the real name DJ Fashion Man and the muddest thing. Mm-hmm. I said, Really? And he said, Yeah. So I said, You can't get him number for me. And he said, Yeah, man. So I'm getting number. And I called the man and I said, Yo, we want to get some dubs remix and stuff. And then I said, Well, you got to come up to Florida. And I said, Yeah. And he said, Yeah, let's yeah. come up to Florida. When you get here, call me. I first met him in Florida, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I don't jump out one plane, you know. It's some money in my pocket, you know. Hmm. I don't even know if Miami the man living, you know, because I come off a, a, a Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. You have to, in Canada, once you say Florida or something, it's, I don't know. So it's, have, it's all the same thing. So I come off a Fort Lauderdale and go to the nearest hotel to the airport, you know. And just check in here and call him and answer hmm. me there. The man said, what do you do? I said, yeah, I'm in Florida. I said, man, so where are you, though? I said, I'm in one place today. I said, man, said, shit. You're in Fort Lauderdale. I'm down, I'm at like, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in Kendall. And that's hours away. The man said, I'm in Kendall, man. Because mm-hmm. Kendall are like weird down south, you know, passes by baby sham them living. Hmm. They have a passes of a go where sham them living. You know. What may I say? Mm-hmm. Yo. And the man said, all right, don't worry. I'm going to come get you. Yeah. I'm staying at the hotel and the man picked me up and carried me to my yard. And that was it. The first remix the man do was... The Black Rob remix. That was the first one. Yeah, I'm a Japa sleep and wake up hours after and see the man I work on the same remix. Yeah. As some know, say, I want a serious brother this. That's wild. Yeah, man. Serious brother, mm-hmm. man. Man, serious. When the man done, I played this up, I couldn't tell, say. I'm like, yo. Yeah, man. <laughs> so that's how the link with fashion started out. Yeah. And then fashion started doing our remixes and then we said, we made a deal. We said, okay. I'll give you my 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 um my um acapellas. Mm-hmm. You make remixes for me, and then him make him own remixes them and sell them on and and, and and twelve inches. So a lot of what people are hearing out there are potentially nitro dubs turned Holy. into remixes. Holy, mm-hmm. some popular remixes that people are buying play everywhere. I might play it because when him finish, you never know it that it wasn't a record advice mm-hmm. in a mixing lab. That's how good he was. Yeah. And get him thing properly mastered and everything. And I like say the man do one like a riffraff something, you know. Him do it, then go get it mastered and get it pressed, you know. And mm-hmm. have him one label DJ fashion and but, but most of those um dubs were my boy uh, remixes was my dubs. Yeah. And then the dubs them way him do feel me different from the one them with the Panda forty five, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You get a special, extra special thing because it's your material. Yeah man. And then I'll take it and run for it. Yeah there. man. Yeah, man. So before him starting cutting his own dubs, it was my dubs that he used yeah. to use. And we had a balance. And I used to go up, fly up, mm-hmm. sit down in the lab and we do some things. Because any hip-hop beat that was trending then, we had dubs on them. Okay. When Shine came out, with Barrington Levy, me I play like 15 dub plates. But there are remixes, but you never tell that them voice on it. Yeah. I was just not matching tempo. Not everything much. Key and everything Key, is everything in. much. And your thing say, yo, may I play like all eight cable turn pan shine rhythm? That were not voiced on that rhythm? No, sir. Yeah. Never voice. On the top plate, the inch one is going the same way. That's why. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I know when you guys first started to do your anniversary up here, 
Lexus and fashion. They were always a part of that program. Yeah, man. You know what I mean? I because Lexus can come to Canada right now on the day, man. Because again, me and him share similar birthdays. So mm-hmm. we always celebrate together. Mm-hmm. So the day them frame up, you will see my classy. Yeah. Yeah. Good yeah, to go there. So you guys did about, you said about what, five years? Yeah. What made you decide to come back now after a five-year run? Which seemed like it was a really good run, too. Um, in truth and in fact, um, some mishap happens, especially with the management team. Mm-hmm. And um, we couldn't really support ourselves on our own being mm-hmm. here. Right? So when that happened, we had to move back. Mm-hmm. That's what really happened, tell the honest truth. And what was it like now? You're gone for five years, and five years out of entertainment, that's almost like a lifetime. Mm-hmm. How hard or how easy was it to get back into the swing of things? Never easy, man. Mm-hmm. Never easy, man. My peers and my friend they were to today, they and my brother, them seeing me, they never let us in. Yeah. Yeah, man. Every party we walk in, I see little and get in spirit. Like them the church. Yeah. Yeah, man, the Holy Ghost walk through. The party will be going good, good, good. And as soon as we walk in there, oh, yeah, some man left you and go to Jamaica. And go like to them and this and we run Canada. And them have to run, come back here, so who? And the man them farm alliance, the newbies, steenies and military. Yeah. Especially the entry there. Yeah. Yeah, man, let me in, where, man? Hey, we came back 2003. Now. Mm-hmm. I never played till about 2005, 2006. But why was... Why, what was the biggest threat or why didn't anybody want to let you in? Because clearly you were doing stuff from in the car, Black Magic Day. So what, what was the issue at that time? I mean, five years is a big, a whole heap of time, you know, because a lot of people when we dance all now, we don't know them when we come back five years later. You know. Boss. Because you know what you think, you understand? A whole heap of things change. Mm-hmm. Promoters change, that doesn't really know Nitro like that. And again, we just come back from Jamaica. And at the, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. I didn't really have any interest in playing, this, playing Nitro again right there then. Because okay. of all of it being true and everything else, it was a little bit too stressful. Yeah. And I just said, I'm going to part Nitro and come back, come go to school and family again. Second mm-hmm. time, I tried something. And how long did that last for in your mind? Um, I remember one of Nitro um, owners called me and said, you know, it's not going to work out, you know. Mm-hmm. Furthermore, if you give up this, Ringling now, I really survived too long. Because mm-hmm. Ringling had some underlying illnesses, and if him now play music, what do you think will happen mm-hmm. to him? You're and just gonna fade away. Uh, yeah, that hit me hard. Mm-hmm. So when 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 we made that now, I said to him, we're not gonna play until we promote about the sound out there. Mm-hmm. So let's start doing some CD. So that's when we did the first CD, the Cupid CD. Mm-hmm. Valentine. It was a February. I think February 2005. Mm-hmm. We did that CD and we started get out the CD and people started loving the CD. So I said, listen, mm-hmm. we're not going to put Nitro back on the road until we get a base. I need somewhere Nitro is going to operate out of. Mm-hmm. So it so happened that we go back at 175 Toriak where Nitro started. We got back the same spot. That's crazy. And then we start making the mixes, mm-hmm. you know. And the time they mix ourselves enough. So we start making the mixes, mm-hmm. but we separate ourselves with the mixes. Because mm-hmm. we go to picture shoot and make we mix look like it's a professional album, I sell a nice store. Mm-hmm. I saw Nitro mix them. Used to I remember. Different. And then we had the mixes them and start promoting the mixes them. And then, mm-hmm. 
War, war. May I use sometimes rub heads. Yeah. Not always agree. Love you as a brother, same way. I just drift that. But <coughs> war, war was the first man muscle. Mm-hmm. We'll give it back a play now. Okay. But in birth, yeah, in a club paradise. That's why it's my time, me and him have issues, and me keep being mad with him because me just say you will never forget where me I come from. War War. Mm-hmm. And we played at the club with war, war War that Saturday night in Birdie around me. Mm-hmm. And from this, you know, everybody starts to say, yo, War about Nitro again. And I said, I said to the team, I said, just watch. Just mm-hmm. believe in me and just know, say, we're not going to so till we're ready. Mm-hmm. I will come back around 2005 and see where yeah. 2022. I'm seeing there. I talk to muscle. That's wild. Because again, sometimes because you know, entertainment is a, especially in the sound world, it's a real cutthroat business. Yeah, man. You're hot today. You're yeah, not man. hot tomorrow. Yeah, man. You know what I mean. So I, then you gotta find a way and it's not to easy, get back man. in. It's not easy, man. It's not easy mm-hmm. to stay hot all the time, you know, brother. It, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's, it, it's challenging yeah. and stressful, you know. Of course it is. It's a thing where you got to know what you're doing. So then now, War War kept the dance. You guys are now back in the race. So when do you guys now start to do the anniversaries? We were still doing the anniversaries because mm-hmm. we did the anniversary. I remember... Um, I remember the first... First anniversary we did after we came back. I was had a job, mm-hmm. and again me I said, "Boy, this not work out for me." Mm-hmm. Good job, everything. Me quit the job. The people ain't give me seventeen thousand dollars. Me say, "Yo, night anniversary in a bus." So okay, boom, night anniversary promote night anniversary everything blah 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 blah. Boy, nobody knock on my anniversary. You know. Just the night before the anniversary, some things happened, somebody died, got shot, nobody not come out, place tense. Mm-hmm. Lose me 17 grand. Yeah, man, $17,000, three months. No grand, nothing, no way, same thing with them about the you know. I like the tick pill, them, nothing couldn't work for me, man. Because so remember, you're a all nine to five. About, all me I think about is me 17 grand in a month. Me I plan to buy one pickup truck at Jamaica for my brother down there to sell mm-hmm. vegetables to the hotel. Them and me I think business. And me take this money at the night anniversary and lose every dollar. Yeah, man. Me I tell you, man. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Right, me I tell you. Crazy. Because remember, you're a working person, okay? And 17,000 at that time there too? One yeah. stack of cash? Mm-hmm. Bro. I lose the money, man, and I just saw it going out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to lose to win, you know? Yeah. And then, when did you find that the anniversary started to really pick up now for you guys? Um, I can't really remember which year now, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, I know that the whole team, Mr. Lee, Coke, everybody, Simone, everybody that was around, we just start putting some serious promotion and, mm-hmm. you know, just start figure that we have to find a way to make this thing work and how we have to set it on a different level and whatever. And from mm-hmm. then, I don't remember the year now. Yeah. And then we, we start getting some, you know. Because a lot of people don't realize this wasn't an overnight thing. No, the anniversary man. took about, it could have been three years. More than that, man. Four or five to yeah, really man. get yeah, off man. the ground. Yeah, man. Get out of the ground to where mm-hmm. it is today, man. Yes, man. All the money lose, too. Mm-hmm. Mr. Lee, them lose all the money, too. We all lost money. Yeah. We were all doing it together. Mm-hmm. And the parties were just flapping, flapping. Nobody was really coming out. You know, wasn't mm-hmm. supporting until 
we never stop though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's amazing to see how it thing there. So then now back here, you're doing your stuff. You guys are basically back on top now. When did you decide to now studio back in Jamaica? When did that come along now? Okay, so we're here and everything going good now. Nitro's back in the business. Have to be in one of the, at least, the top five songs at Toronto. Because mm-hmm. that's why I will always put myself, I won't come on and come in come on here and tell you I was number one or that. Yeah. People might say that, but I always say I'm in the top five. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um, things going good. We have a little studio running and everything, and I figure I say, okay, another dream of mine. Mm-hmm. Two, two dreams I had are goals. To be a dish jockey in a, a very known radio station. Okay. And to become a producer. Because I one go Grammy, me have to collect a Grammy. Yeah. Right? So that was always there, and me and Fashion were like family, we were brothers. So we always linking, and then him, he had the same idea that, listen, mm-hmm. in order for us to do this, we have to go to Jamaica again. Yeah. And that's where the art, that's the hub. Right? So in the heights of recession, we got to build this studio at Jamaica Bass. One whole heap of money, you know? Yeah. And we go and we invested in the studio and everything. And that's when, um, around the same time, Esco Levi migrated to Canada. Well, not at the same time. He might, he was in Canada. Mm-hmm. But then I, I discovered Esco Levi around that time. Mm-hmm. I remember there was a, like a Tuesday or Wednesday night thing used to go on and me hear Alan Ladd play, Oh, Canada! I mean, I say, who that? And mm-hmm. he said, why you name Esco Levi, man? Mm-hmm. And he gave me the number, I called him, and he come on, 175, come check me, and he said, I mean, I know you, man, I see you up at Shocking Vibe Studio. And I tell you, I said, I come to Canada, come live, and I see him, and I say, yeah. Okay. Because the man never sound like a Canadian artist, because you could have mm-hmm. this thing, Canadian artist, mm-hmm. with everybody else. Once you were artist, that time they weren't on the level. Mm-hmm. Right? They weren't breathing properly. When they were singing, you can't know them not the flow properly. The production, sound. the sound, and the like. No, he mm-hmm. eyes us, they might not think a Jamaica artist. And, mm-hmm. and so it's there. Mm-hmm. But his thing was different. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yo. Man, I said, brother, that length that we have, man, I can't that still, you know. You want to go to Jamaica, go do music. And the man, where's the man? Read the man. Yeah. <laughs> it went that fast. <laughs> yeah. So that's when the whole studio thing came in. And... We launched a studio at Jamaica, and mm-hmm. it was first called NCF. So it was consisted of three people. Mm-hmm. So NCF, the N was for Nitro. C was Circle Music. So there was another brother named Pachi, mm-hmm. uh, shocking by his artist slash engineer, yes. slash songwriter. Mm-hmm. So him, because he was the one that had all the knowledge about studio. So that's how he came in mm-hmm. to the team, his role, right, was to produce the music, engineer the music, blah, blah, blah. And then F was for fire fashion, so NCF. Yeah. So even the first set of production that we play, uh, we have, you know, if you go up, look up, rewire, rewire, read him or whatever, you hear him say NCF production, that mm-hmm. was how we started out. Okay. Mm-hmm. What were some of your first rhythms or artists, EXO, and who else were you guys producing or working with at that time? <clears throat> first and foremost, um, um, Esco Levi was our main artist mm-hmm. that was signed to the label mm-hmm. and again I said signed to the label so he was where all our focus and our effort was mm-hmm. and then we were working with other artists I mean anybody who you name it I could get to vice I would vice them mm-hmm. you know so a lot of artists we work with um, Kananga we worked with um, Beaniman Cableton okay. Sizzler you know, being a man, 
yeah. One tequila never get to vice. I mean, I brought him a couple of rhythms, it just never, it never happened. But mm-hmm. he was in the making, loot and fire. Um, turbulence, turbulence was at my was at my studio one of the time. Bass, mm-hmm. bass at my studio. Okay. Seeing, um, 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 what's his name again? I can't forget for him. Yeah, my brother, mm-hmm. Anthony B. Yeah. It's a B, big up yourself. Anthony B was doing some production out of my studio. Though. Okay. Yeah. NCF. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. After where the I go through some of the things in my way of see where never release, man. All the music. Yeah, with make music like crazy. Did you guys actually get any hits out of the, that label at that time there? Never get any hits. Mm-hmm. Like hits, because hits is different from, I mean, you know, a song being popular, yeah. it's not a hit in it. Okay, so popular yeah. songs yeah. that you guys got out of the studio at that time. So, there. I would have say the most popular song we got at the time was um, Esco Levi because mm-hmm. our first rhythm that we produce mm-hmm. Esco Levi had one song we call Mr. Hammer mm-hmm. and if you remember that song Mr. Hammer anytime you squeeze then nobody have to put and squeeze Mr. yes yeah and that was playing a lot even I know somebody else I know you did a lot of work with too was um DeVille Davil, we never do so much work with. Davil um, gave me the opportunity on an international stage because mm-hmm. I was I was his road manager. Okay. That's all I was. Mm-hmm. So I was traveling with him as a road manager, doing the road, road manager duties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was also his DJ. And how, that, how did you guys connect? He came here to do our show. Mm-hmm. Didn't have a DJ, and they asked me, for, they called me and said, yo, come do it down at a cool house. Mm-hmm. I remember the man track. The man say, yo, you have a company road with me, you know, yeah. not like this, you know. Because honestly, the only person that is a one-man band mm-hmm. where can challenge me and probably will win in this world mm-hmm. is a youth named Aini Man. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Because mm-hmm. Aini Man deadly. From from Caveman? From Caveman. Mm-hmm. Seeing that Germany, Germany, you know. Okay. Aini Man alone. Other than that, all of mm-hmm. them see there, I try. I see all you Ranger boy, you yeah, mix the other day and all of them see there. I look at Chippy Boat and I do a mix. I just laugh off of <laughs> Like, I do no things still, but I'm here the man here. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. If you want a clash like that, I'm going to win. I don't know about Roots, man, but just me and your Ranger, I do. Yeah, you're not going to win. Trust me. Anyway, yeah. yes. So that's when Davil saw that and said, yo, we are up on the road, you know. Mm-hmm. So for a year, I traveled with Davil. For a year, we did a year, I think, about a year, or less than a year. We went to some places, a lot of states in the, in the in the United States, and we went to Japan and uh, all these places. And so you've been to Japan shows. several times. Yeah. Yeah. And some shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Because I met you and Will in New, New York. York. We, we see you at uh, um, Irish Jam Festival. Yes. Good memory. Yeah, man. I miss you most time. I say, yo. Muscle, may I carry the artist come over and do an interview? Muscle, I like me, I tell. 100? Listen, <laughs> I remember them time the Deville was hot like fire, you know. Yeah, I remember mean, Muscle, I say, oh, what are you talking about? Mm. country fellow, what are you dealing with me? I say, Muscle. Mm. And you say, yo, can I get an interview with David? Yeah. I say, what do you just say? Mm-hmm. say, David, we have to go over, say, you know. Because yeah. I remember my road manager, where we say, goes, you know. And him come, come do the interview and thing over your boat yeah. and thing. Yeah, man. Crazy. Yeah, man. Yeah, I yeah, mean, man. mad vibes, man. Doing a lot of stuff. So you guys did production. I even remember 
when Esco won one of the Junos. Yeah, man. Seen you on TV with him. The first Juno, man, we go call it, man. Me and Bubba, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Um, Storm of Life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Some youth of a Germany produced, man. What was, because remember, you said you wanted a Grammy. So the Juno is the first step I first towards step. that Grammy. I first step. What was that yet? feeling like? Well, yeah, someone. Mm-hmm. It's a great feeling, man. It was an experience, too. Mm-hmm. You know? It was an experience, man, and um, it was a great experience, you know. Mm-hmm. The first one, uh, Esco can tell you, it's always going to be maybe one of the most special ones because mm-hmm. it was the first time we experiencing the Junos and, yeah. you know, everything. And when, boy, when them call and them in it and them say, and the winner is Esco Levi, I say, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, I was suit up and go up. Yes, I never forget. <laughs> I think you had on, like, a brown color suit. Yeah, a blue and a turquoise suit. Yes, yeah, I would never so. forget. I say, yo, that's Jeff on the people MTV, but. <laughs> yeah, man, yeah, man, yeah, but up there, collect the first right. Juno, man. Yeah, man, real talk, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was your first step there. Okay. Mm-hmm. And when you went back to Jamaica now, where are you doing um, studio? How long were you down there for? That lasted again for another five years. Come like I just been five years yeah. in Jamaica, Jamaica. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> and were you still playing Nitro at this time here, or this was strictly studio? You were doing? Strictly production, me into. Nitro was still playing here mm-hmm. in Canada. Mm-hmm. But in Jamaica, no Nitro playing. Yeah. It was just production, me kind of finished. Put the sound thing aside. Mm-hmm. Still monitoring, still um, steering and, um, you know, guiding, you know, all the work. You're, you're sending stuff. Uh, you're yes, sending, music sending stuff. You know, at this time, busy, um, left from Rona Penthouse, came to my studio now. So, you know, me said this on my bus now and all of these things and all of that transition happened. And then, so, me, I focus on just... Production. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hold on. Busy was over at your studio for a while too, boss? Yeah, man. Busy did a year and something over my studio, man. Mm-hmm. When Busy left Penthouse, you know, he came, he came right over to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like literally just left for me to come right or so. Yeah. Because you guys were close to Penthouse. Yeah, man. We, well, we weren't far from Penthouse, but because um, Escoliva was doing a lot of work at Penthouse, and mm-hmm. that's how me meet Busy Signal through Escoliva. Mm-hmm. I met Donovan Jermaine through Escoliva. Esco started doing a lot of work with Donovan Jermaine. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I never, I never watched Escoliva um, interview yet. It didn't come out yet. Yeah, well, yeah, as, as we're it. speaking here now, see. it didn't air yet, but it's going to actually air before this one comes out. All right, out, yeah. see that? And uh, he, he will tell you, if he told you, he did a lot of work mm-hmm. with Donovan Jeremy. I, I, sure. I think I can assume, and I'm sure my assumption is right. Mm-hmm. Donovan Jeremy is supposed to can put out about two to three albums yeah. of Esco Levi. He told me. Esco Levi collaboration with every artist. He did that, mm-hmm. you know, but you know, he got music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. So then you did your five years. When? Why do you decide to come back now after this five years again? Um, I decide to come back now because um, we were running into some challenges in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Yeah, financial challenges too. Because we went down there, and if you're just spending, you no know, matter how much money you have, if you're just spending, spending, and not putting anything back, I run empty, brother. Mm-hmm. So basically, that happened. Mm-hmm. So we were producing good music, but it not, it's not like nowhere you don't need radio stations and all these things. Social media good enough, mm-hmm. you know? 
So it's a lot of money we had to be paying the dish jockeys to be playing your music, no matter how, how good it is. And you hear your thing I play, and then one month, mm. like one week, you know, hear it, and you call it dish jockey, and you say, Yo, mm. oh, I'm going to play my thing this week, I'm going to go on, and say, Yo, come check me, man. So for your year, come check me, you know, we go on. <laughs> you know what? And then you have some money, we have some serious money, we have a bike and, and millions of dollars to dish jockeys, and you hear them, all when they sang, they to play 50 times, you yeah. brother. And you talk about artists to be one calling the names. Mm-hmm. That's how we control the radio stations. Them where every dish jockey will come on and play them song in rotation and then pay a serious money for those things. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah, man, and your money run out, the song playing run out, no matter how good the song was. You understand? Mm-hmm. I produce a song on international rhythm with busy signal. There's no way that song shouldn't done number one. Okay. Yeah, man. Go look for international rhythm and you see busy signal. Mm-hmm. Call lonely. Yeah, man. But I guess it's just how the system was set up then. It wasn't about the good music. It's about who's paying the most. Who are paying the most. Mm-hmm. I saw the thing he said. And unfortunately, that mash up the business. Mm-hmm. Now, them look a young youth and they even look on them. Go ahead. And just get my Instagram page and too, look us up on them YouTube They're channel. Gone. And just gone. Mm-hmm. I have views now. Go ahead. Yeah. Nobody know, you know, have to play the music for you again and all that. So everything changed then. But back, back then, that's what really happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got really challenged there. And then, um, I just said, boy, the next five years expire again. You know? Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm mean, not going to bet that people. Yeah. Yeah. I have to run left them. I can't manage them. You know? mm-hmm. So then now, when you come back to the city now, you're back on the outs again. Yeah, your sound is playing, mm. but you're on the outs as an MC or selector because you haven't been around. So how challenging was it for you now as Jeff to get back into the swing of things? It wasn't really, it wasn't really challenging, you know, mm-hmm. because I was always back and forth. But I, my five years was there, and it was only me. Yeah. So Rinding and the team was still here. Mm-hmm. You know, at the time, even Sean Bush was going on. with had a little buzz going on. You had a little youth named Fire Kamal. Mm-hmm. They have a little buzz going on and Nitro play. More time he come up and go in a one party and see them play. And I say, yeah, give them a two pointers mm-hmm. too. But they might do them thing. Mm-hmm. So when me come back, it wasn't, it wasn't really any challenging or it never take long for we just start play again. Because it's not like the first time. Mm-hmm. I was back and forth, you know. So you didn't actually give it up totally and no, try to get back No, we never give it up totally. We were still mm-hmm. dealing with the sun, but I was just focused on the studio part of it. Because mm-hmm. my, my, my goal was I wanted C-Money to become Esco Levi Road Manager. Mm-hmm. We just wanted to get him off the ground first. Mm-hmm. And then, because him love them kind of thing, and love travel. I mean, never want to travel much. Mm-hmm. I mean, he wants to inside the studio gain all the experience I could and start making music. Mm-hmm. Because again, somebody will watch in this, I wasn't no engineer, mm-hmm. I wasn't no songwriter. But you just had this in your yes. heart, I have to do something. Yes. But me can tell Bobo say, yo, change a word. Eh. Yeah. Or change a style. Eh. I mean, know it for sound. Mm-hmm. I mean, I tell the engineer, listen, I want you to drop out the bass, yes sir. Mm-hmm. And play the keyboard alone, this sir. Yeah. Me not know if I put your button, but me know it for sound. That's still considered a producer. Yeah, so I had that knowledge, mm-hmm. and then me I learned the rest of it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But then, again, as, as I said, you know, financially, we we had to just, it wasn't going, because it was in the heights. Chazzy T, tell me, say, me he's a madman. He said, in a recession, I'm going to go to my restaurant, bring down my studio. Yeah. But I, I had no doubt that it wasn't going to work. Mm-hmm. You know, we had, we had a lot of hope in our thing, and... 
and belief. But it just never worked out that way. And then um, at the end of the day, again, me and DJ Fashion, who owned the studio together, mm-hmm. had a little difference, some little differences. Mm-hmm. And um, from this to now, we just come back to Canada and, you know. Link back and stuff. So yeah. then now this is your your partner again. You're, you and Ring Ding is back to take on the road. Now. Yes, man. You know what I mean? And the doctor link back up again, straight, mm-hmm. steady, and say, yo, take on back the road, we kidding now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I know you guys had a opened a studio up here too. Was this in the same time or this was after you came back? No, the studio was here while I was in Jamaica with that studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, under bad management and whatever, we had to close it down. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you understand? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Simon, you never really manage it so good. So we have to close it down. Mm-hmm. You know me love him, but me have talk. So mm-hmm. we, we had to close it down and we never had a studio again here. Mm-hmm. It was just the one in Jamaica, which, I mean, up here, it wasn't so much a studio. It was just a base for night. And, and it was dogs. Uh, when artists come in. Little, two artists come in. Yeah. But it wasn't a full production mm-hmm. studio. Jamaica was a total different thing. Mm-hmm. Total different thing. I remember Marcia Griffiths came and said, Son, don't let them mash up this place, you know. It's a very nice place you have here. Mm-hmm. Don't, yeah, man. Proper, 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 proper. Yeah. Proper thing, Dodge Jamaica. You know what I mean? I mean, it busy the FIA Clearly. Were you guys cutting dubs or it was more production? No, man, not the dubs, man. Mm-hmm. Not a dub place, man. Nobody can come. It's not a, it wasn't a studio for the public. It was a mm-hmm. private studio. Mm-hmm. We were only doing our work. It wasn't open to somebody who wanted to come to the studio time or whatever. If somebody where me know, maybe, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was just our work, we were, we were doing our production. So it's not that studio where a man can come cut two dub plate. If one dub cut in that studio, I must mm-hmm. nitro dub. Yeah, you guys are our production also. Right. We're doing and we're I mean never think about dub. Mm-hmm. You know, me past dub stage now. Me I think about rec- remember a Grammy me at about. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We so I decided that. That was your okay, you're back. Team is firing and all this stuff there now. So then where did you so it was basically you and Ringding, mm-hmm. and um, you guys playing out. Who else was around the song at this time here now? <clears throat> around this time, we have um, we have Ringding, myself, Ras Gaga, mm-hmm. um, Sean Bush, um, Fire Kamal, um, Simone was there then. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, man. Simone was still there, yeah, at the time. There's a whole bunch of us. Mm-hmm. That's a, Nitro was a big, is a big team. A big team, man. You know what I mean? Mm. So then now, when did you guys decide to add more events to the... So you have the anniversary, mm. so I guess it's taken off by now. When did you add the black and white and all those other events, the um, the Labor Day, the barbecue and stuff? When did all of those come in? All right, so the anniversary was the only event. Mm-hmm. Um... Uh, the black and white event came about. I used to do my birthday party, but me never like celebrating birthday because mm-hmm. me's a man love to dress up and look good, and people wait me up on them. So I mean, I like the thing. So I say, you know what? I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna do a birthday party anymore. I'm gonna do a black and white event on a retro scale, a retro kind of event mm-hmm. where we play retro style. So at the time, me and fashion. We were still, we were doing events outside of Canada because when we had the studio, we were also doing events. Okay. In the islands and them thing that we could do some events. I mean, we are the first sound we bring up. We are the first people who bring um, 
China to Belize and every place. Okay. So <clears throat> he said, let's do an event in Canada. He said, listen, let's create events all over in America, whatever, and we start doing events just to connect the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So that's how Black and White came about. So the first Black and White was me and DJ Fashion that did it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And if you notice, the first three he played on all of them. I thought he was all okay. So he was always anniversary and black and, and, black white. and white. He always come here for those events. Mm-hmm. It's just when me and him have with differences now. You don't see him anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But yeah, so that's that's how black and white came about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, the rest of events like seductive and all of these events. It was after the fact. It was when the team kind of split up. Now Simone mm-hmm. was not there anymore. Then this is how Lady Healy came into play because I was in Jamaica doing studio. I need somebody to promote here. Lady Healy decides that she will take on the promotion. Mm-hmm. And that's how she started out. As she was the promotion arm of the... Walk around and give out flyers. Yeah. Because at the time, they went on a WhatsApp and said, the group and, and social media name, the road and everything there. So she was doing the promotion on, in the street. So she mm-hmm. said, me, got the party, the man give the flyer, them thing, and Jeff. Mm-hmm. I said, really? And that's how. And then mm-hmm. when we started selling tickets, I said, everybody just sell that ticket, start storing them number. Yeah. And then she starts storing numbers, storing numbers, and you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Until it where it is today. Now, this was my thing. <clears throat> and the Nitro song with my team, I said playing for $300. Because I want to talk to you about that $300 something. Of you course. Know? For 25 or well, over 20 years, um, promoter play. Everything go up and DJ price never go up. You know? mm-hmm. So I said playing for $300 with all of us because when you join the Nitro team, you can't join it because of money because there's no money to pay you. Mm-hmm. There's no way we play for as a promoter in my period $300 mm-hmm. and save now with the funny sound. So everybody had, had a job and just, was just a hobby, all right? Mm-hmm. So I said, listen, everybody promote themselves. And once you promote yourself, mm-hmm. we can do an event for each person. That's the only way you're going to get something back from this thing. So it's like you get paid one lump sum for the year. There you go. Mm -hmm. So that was my idea. Mm -hmm. So if you really notice now that I'm telling you this, you watch Mm -hmm. and see. How did the real legend come about? That's Mm -hmm. Dr. Ringling's birthday party. Mm -hmm. Classy was my birthday party. So that I'm my earnings. So everybody pulled through. We promote everything. But whatever financial benefits that's for me mm-hmm. that's my paycheck mm-hmm. ring ding that's your paycheck I mean all the parties is not the same but that's where the level that we wanted to take all of the parties to mm-hmm. that's your anniversary was just a universal you know what I mean overall event but we talk about personal events now so that's how seductive come about mm-hmm. so seductive is actually Lady Illy birthday party we had the daytime because after a while, when we start, the day events were getting a little bit trendy. Mm-hmm. And we realized, say, okay, because that party was designed just to cater to females. And we said, okay, we're going to bring it outside. And of course, it was a success. So that's how seductive come about. And then we have the day. And then nitro and um, barbecue was a way of giving back. Mm-hmm. I wanted to give back to my supporters. So that's how I come up with the nitro family funding. I cannot change the whole barbecue concept because people were thinking it's a barbecue, everything is free. It was costing me a whole bunch of money to put this thing on. Yeah. I mean, Taj was charging me $10,000 to rent his outdoor his outdoor. That's venue. just venue. We're not talking about nothing else, boss. Right. 
and that is when one of the time my lad never talked because that was what caused the whole thing because mm-hmm. him say a barbecue and it for be free and me I say lad and I hear 10 grand and if you have an issue talk to me don't go to mm-hmm. social media with that me your brother mm-hmm. we get over that but we can't talk about it that's where I didn't like that yeah because I know what it was costing me I was spending almost five thousand dollars just for the kids' fear. All of those games and things for the, the kids. Bouncy and the bouncy castles. The and everything. And my thing in the never normal. Hmm. And all of that was giving back. You know, 500 school bags with school with school stuff. I was giving back to my community to show them, say, listen, me, I give back. And at, at that time, it, I, I wasn't getting any, any help from or any donations from anybody. There wasn't no real sponsors at that time. Maybe. I had no sponsor. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just like even last year, me have to big up Green Life, mm-hmm. right? Because Green Life donated the school back backpacks to all the kids. I did, I did backpacks in Scarborough. Okay. I did back, backpacks in, in the West End, you know? And he sponsored that. He said, listen, I want to see your thing and I want to be a part of it and I want to give back. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's what, that's what the whole... Last year we didn't do it because the whole lockdown and pandemic, but... If everything goes well, mm-hmm. yeah, man, the family fund day will be back on because people look look towards that. You know, the, the family, the mothers bring out them kids and have a great time and entertainment, everything. So that's how all the events come about, to answer your questions, really. That was how everything worked out there. Mm-hmm. So then now, you guys are doing your stuff. Everything is great. Pandemic hits. Mm-hmm. All right. How did that affect your business at first? <clears throat> Well, again, it affects my business and everybody in this business because restriction and the lockdown. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, black and white haven't happened since 2020. It's the first time it's going to happen again after 2020. Mm-hmm. After 2019, I mean, it never happened 2020 because the last party I attended 2020 was Hamas party, the same t- time around now, yeah. 2020. So it's the first time we're going to do about black and white. Anniversary was the first time after two years mm-hmm. last year. So um, it affected everybody, you know. So again, as we say, I have to just move with the time. Miss everybody jump online and say, the boy play music online. So I say, hey, I line me I go up and I line go hang myself, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you have to move with the crowd. We have to move and we have to keep red and stay relevant mm-hmm. also. When it first started and I knew you came with the um, gospel on Sunday, when I looked at it, I was checking in and stuff. I said, yo, if anybody is going to turn to Christian, you know what's Jeff? <laughs> I said, if there's anybody that's going to say, you know what? Thank you. It was a good run, but I'm out of here. You know what's going to be Jeff? Just because of the passion that you played, these gospel, and it's felt mm. different. So the gospel thing, it's really from the heart and the soul. It's not a hype thing that I do. And I'm with a man who's really close to my God and believe in my God. So mm-hmm. that is why you will see that. And most of you are not the first person who said, <laughs> brother, you know, say I'm going to preach one day. Because that whole thing, when I watch you sometime, it's... Yeah. And listen to me, and you don't know, because yeah. I don't know what life holds for me. It might happen. Yeah. Yeah? But I don't think that I have to preach for still connect with my God. It's just my belief, still. Yeah. You know, it's just my philosophy because I still do what I need to do the same. I try to live the best I can and be as clean as I can and honest as I can. So I just say, mm-hmm. nobody's perfect, but that's just, that's just my thing, you know. Yeah. And every year, 
we have to do a gospel CD. Always. And that started out like about 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. While I was in Jamaica doing the studio. Okay. I was going up Eastwood Park Road and there's something that said to me, because at the time all our party was flapping. No night anniversary was being well supported. Mm-hmm. Losing money left, right and centre. And something said to me, do a gospel CD. Yeah. And I said, oh, can we do gospel CD if you are a reggae dance? And the boy said, I said. Yeah. I said, okay, come in, no, I can't. See, it's not me if you do gospel. <laughs> See, it's music and the gospel. Mm-hmm. And since then, till now. Mm-hmm. So, all the pandemic, I have to find a way to do my CD. Yeah, man. Yeah, no, when, when I seen you, especially Sunday mornings, I yeah. said, yo, Jeff is, Jeff is right there, you know, boss. I wouldn't <laughs> be surprised if one morning he said, okay, you know what? I'm a surprise <laughs> to tell you guys, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is possible. Yeah. And it's whatever God wants for me, you know? And I still think I can stay in dance hall and still, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, in, in, incorporate uh, um, my God same way. And that's what I do. Anybody will know night or so that know Jeff just mm-hmm. know, say. On a regular night, you're going to get two gospel songs. But you don't have to go into church to play gospel as you're preaching to the choir. That's true. So you might as well, if you're, you don't have to live the super Christian life. Yeah. But if I could tell you something, you never know. Who might have been seen alive and said, you know what? It's time now, you know. It's true. You know what I mean? I've had that. <laughs> yeah. I've had that. I had people all over the world tell me that you don't know because my gospel CD is mostly praise and worship and motivation mm-hmm. songs. And everybody today is going through some stress or some kind of depression. That's just how life make up right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, the way, the way of life right now include and involves mm-hmm. I mean, stress and depression and problems and issues. And that's why I play songs to keep people strong and myself. And that's why yeah, keep them to a level. Yeah, man. This is where I guess we get into the more stress and depression part of this conversation. Yeah. This is where you brought up his name several times, Ringding. Yeah. All right? Where I think the last big thing you did for Ringding publicly was being there when his wife passed for him. That was the last brotherly living thing that you could have done for somebody that was with you that was your brother for so long Mm. you understand Mm -hmm. how did this whole situation come up jeff because this was a shocker for the whole city anti-phase gone okay we got that Mm -hmm. couple days passed now ringing gone it's like fuck bro Mm -hmm. you know what i mean explain this um i mean I mean, up to up my me right now, myself right now, I'm still, I still cannot um, come to the reality of oh, everything has happened just so fast. Mm-hmm. I mean, I lost my dad like in July. Okay. <laughs> so it was three people in a row. I'm, I'll make it even four because yeah. Pete's son, who we were very close to. Yes. So it's like four people just died in the space of three months. And mm-hmm. boy, I may tell you, it's a lot of grief and we have to hold it, you know. So... <clears throat> But um, with, with Auntie Faye, my dad has just passed, and I'm going through that. And again, my dad was very close. Mm-hmm. I told you from the beginning that this whole music and everything was my dad. So me and my dad had a special connection. Than he, I mean, him and his boys are all connected. But mm-hmm. me and him have a special connection through the music. Because mm-hmm. I was the one who took that from him. Yeah. Love parties, love to play music, love yeah. to dance. And that was me. Right, so he, he passed, and I'm still going through that grief. And then Auntie Faye got sick, mm-hmm. 
I remember this, I saw Auntie Faye like a Saturday like today at James at James um, Meat and Groceries. Mm. And I saw her open the door and hesitated to come out the car. And I went over and I said, hey, Faye, why am you not come out of the car? And he said, hey, brother, I don't feel so good in the man. Kind of feel sick, you know? Mm. But anyway, I come to buy some stuff because, again, Ring Ding was her baby. I mean, she was a caregiver, wife, a friend, was everything. And I, I'm telling you this because you now you will understand why Rinding is not here either. Mm-hmm. You know, Auntie Fear was like his lifeline. So, again, I saw her and that was the last conversation we had. Mm-hmm. And she went into the store, paid for the stuff, and she drove down because she just lived like two minutes from the store. Yeah. Then we were playing the same weekend. Um, Rinding got to the party before I did and then after the party ended it was an outdoor event and I said Doc we fear mm-hmm. and I said my brother you know so she never come because she don't feel well and I said really mm-hmm. she don't feel well because wherever you see Auntie Faye you see Rinding wherever you see Rinding because Rinding never drives mm-hmm. if Rinding needs to go to the barber shop Auntie Faye takes him mm-hmm. every party once not blue, if Auntie Faye had to do something else, she would call me and say, my brother, you can pick up your brother because me, I've got to do something. And he said, no problem. Mm-hmm. And it's a few times. It was always there. Yeah. So it was just from then. And then um, that happened the weekend. And then like Monday, I called for check up. I said, Doc, how is Faye doing? And he said, boy, brother, she, you know, looks so good enough. She's still not the better. Mm-hmm. Tuesday, I called and he said, boy, brother, she's going to the hospital, you know. So my last interaction and my last conversation with her was at James Groceries. And then she just never came back. You know. Mm-hmm. He he went in, when she went in, they said that she has um COVID. Mm-hmm. And then they're finding a lot of underlying conditions. They said her kidneys went. So right away, you know, that whole thing with kidney and everything and then it was one thing after the next and she wasn't coming and he was home and you know until <clears throat> he started getting sick he went into the hospital so he went into the hospital now and they treated him mm-hmm. and said that he has to leave like the Tuesday like he went into the hospital the Friday they said okay Tuesday he can come out then he said to me said my brother you know, so I don't want to come out of the hospital at all. Because of the closest me can be to fear. Because I'm on the fifth floor, she's on the sixth floor. Mm-hmm. I said, but Rinding, if you're okay, you have to come out because <laughs> somebody need that bed for somebody else. He said, no, my brother, man, I don't want to come out. Anyway, they wanted to discharge him the Tuesday and he asked them, can we I stay one more day? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he stayed the Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So I remember I was at work and him called me and he said, my brother, I want a fish, you know. So we wanted from him. He said, we wanted from from um, um, fresh cut. Yeah. He said, call fresh cut. Buy the fish, me bring it for him and everything. Me and him a whole a, a, a levels and a whole. And then we just say, really and truly, <clears throat> I didn't thought Auntie Faye was gonna make it because with all that was going on and so many, she things. wasn't breathing on her own, and they have her and. Um, life support like for almost two weeks she can't revive her then I'm saying why it's not good enough and I'm mm-hmm. like Doc you have to face reality still in my brother but it's not good enough 
Tell me, no, my brother. No, my brother. Anyway, there is a man in him call me and say, Oh, and if you don't make it, you know, run, go over the house. And I say, Yo, look for me you now. Say, I'm stay here with me you now. Because I've put my auntie for you, I don't worry about nothing. You know me, have you right? He say, Yeah, man. Because he knows that. He knows that. You guys are coming from. Him know that. You know, winning is not just. It's not just a party thing. Mm-hmm. You understand? Him know that. And we have to try our best not get too emotional. But um, I said to him, say, yo, stay with me now. But remember when I said that, uh, who Antifia was to him? Remember you I said giver. all of that? Mm-hmm. So the minute she's not there anymore, what you think? That is why I was telling him, stay with me. Because I know the minute Antifia gone, mm-hmm. he wasn't going to stay. Mm-hmm. Because... The, who else is going to take care of him that way? And there's a lot of things he couldn't do independently. No, we're just saying these things because people didn't know these things. Mm-hmm. And all the talk about, oh, HIV killed them and all of this and all of that. It's all of that is bullcrap. Yeah. Okay, we can say that now. Rinding and Antifa had HIV for over 20 years. Over 20 years. Mm-hmm. So why HIV will just kill them? It's crap. Mm-hmm. They got sick. They said it was COVID. And Rinding needed a lung transplant. That is why you guys always see him with an oxygen tank. With the tank. At his home, a two big long tank up in the year him of his use at his home. Those ones that you saw him with in party was just to travel. Mm-hmm. Someone will say, then if the man sick like that, when you come apart, you don't understand the passion. That was him. Remember what, what I said earlier alive. in my interview? I said, when I came back to jam- from Jamaica and came back to Canada, one of the Nitro owners said, if you put on the music, Rinding is going to die. Because we never thought that he would live as long. Mm-hmm. Muscle Rinding got into the hospital multiple times, and I thought that was it. So when he went in and then discharged him on Wednesday, Mm-hmm. He went back into the hospital Friday and died Monday. It's still me to get it. Because I've never seen him sick. Yeah. He was strong. Everything was okay. Me talk about Rinding got sick. Rinding was hospitalized for all six weeks and come out. Just one time, Rinding never played something like for about four months. Mm-hmm. Because they they given him time to die because of his lungs. Because Rinding not no lungs in there. I see... You see the thing with it. I remember when I used to see Ringding first time. Fat face. His face was fat. Mm-hmm. Then one time it just slimmed down to mm-hmm. nothing, bro. Mm-hmm. And it's like one time I seen him come back again. You know, mm-hmm. for this was for a short period of time, and then back to the slim mm-hmm. down. But again, and most know, of that was he wasn't taking his meds. Mm-hmm. As boss, the guy Ringding yard and let the table with me attack, but I just sip on his medication. He believes he's a pharmacy mom, you know. But for one person to swallow so much pills, it's not. It's not. So sometimes he wasn't taking his meds, and Auntie Pierre will call me and say, "You need to come over the house right now." Mm-hmm. What happened? You need to come and talk to him because he's a very stubborn guy, Mr. Brother. So we want to let me want to play the music. Mm-hmm. Once me mention music, that we motivate. Him, that's the only thing Rinding knowing about us. Mm-hmm. I think Rinding come again. I don't know if Rinding ever worked now. Music. And then Monday that kind of about thirty odd years. Mm-hmm. He knows nothing else. Eat, sleep, breathes music, brother. Mm-hmm. So, 
that happened, I know he wasn't going to stay. I had to just face it. So muscle me sitting here talking to you. That time is like I'm here and I'm not here. I did a gospel CD if anybody want to listen to it and you will hear me explain on it mm-hmm. what I went through with all of that. So my dad died, boom. After my dad died, then who who was first? Tage. Mm-hmm. That's Mark the course son, right? Died. Then after that, Auntie Faye. Then after that was Ringling. May I say what what else? Yeah. Weak old man. Like weak. And you, yeah. you, you see the thing with it, people still expect you. Yeah, they're going to come say sorry, this happened. But they still expect you to perform. Yeah, like man. you're performing one week before any of this happened. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. So, after ending that and everything, um, I wasn't going to do music again. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Because, I, again, as I said earlier, I was doing, doing it to keep him alive. Mm-hmm. And I figured even if he's not alive anymore, why keep doing it? Mm-hmm. You know, we all are getting old and, you know, different life, different things. And Adonai called me during the, that time and spoke to me for about an hour. That he dread from Adonai. And when he started to tell me where Nitro started from, because he started Nitro with us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> him cut the first top, the first budget, the first sizzler, him cut everything. When he talked about the legacy that this man left behind and what he did, and he said, even though him tell me that and I felt motivated, I still couldn't get the will to do the music again because muscle, mm-hmm. it is still not a reality when I go to the parties like tonight where Hammer Party never miss him and him not decide on me. Yeah. It's still some time not registering. And you know, you know the the crazier thing about it is, you being such a good friend, and you know his medical situation from a long time ago. So in your mind, okay, you pass five years, okay, we're cool now. You pass ten years, ah, we're just gonna get gray and old mm-hmm. together. And yeah, okay, yeah, you're sick, but that's something that could be controlled in the background or whatever the case is. But mm-hmm. I don't expect nobody expected a pandemic, and mm-hmm. then on top of the pandemic, nobody expected to lose people. To something we didn't even know was coming. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. It's whatever them call it or whatever it is. That's what took home took my brother and his wife, you know, and it's sad. Mm-hmm. And mommy tell you, you know, an easy thing to deal with, but we're here still. But I could tell you, mm-hmm. good thing out of all of this. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to come and talk to you, because, again, I didn't want to do music again. Mm-hmm. Nobody wouldn't even know that. On the outside, them see me looking good. It's all always way. Jeff put together. Yeah, yeah. With his well, glasses, and I got you. Yeah, man. You hear I'm chronic tell you, man. Mm-hmm. They see me smile, man. They don't know mm-hmm. what I feel, I feel inside. inside. I don't want to do the music again, mm-hmm. and and um and I keep saying it over and over and over. And I don't know if it's him, his spirit, or whatever it is. But for the past like three, four weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Brother, remember that little young boy I tell you about seeing the record spinning and how excited and how when I play on the first big stage and go to the Junos and all of these things that excite me. 
for the past three weeks, I started feeling that again. Good. I don't know if it's just him or what it is. And some people will see the post and everything I will say, I'm doing this for Dr. Ringley. Mm-hmm. But muscle, for the past maybe five years, the first I pick up my laptop, you know, to make a crate because I've always so dependent on ringing. Yeah, you it were you. A, you come in, shell it, and you yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, all I do is just get ringing the idea and, and put it in place. That's it. I was the man with the ideas. Mm-hmm. Ringing was the man make it happen, materialize everything. But I've never felt so motivated from them time till now. And anybody sees me right now, even tonight, for an example, you'll see the energy. Mm-hmm. And I said to people, look out for a different nitro, and I'm like, what are I talking about? No, we never them watch this interview, then we get an idea what I'm talking about. Why I said all of these things? Because I didn't have no motivation at all to keep doing music. I was just doing it. Yeah. You're going through the motions. But I could tell you for the past three weeks to a month ago, a different motivation just hit me where three o'clock in the morning, yeah. I made, made headphones in the palm of my ears, brother. I haven't done a rehearsal with my MC or with my team in years. I start doing that feeling. And Fireblocks, who is with me now, because there's only two of us that left as the Nitro members right now, you will see a different MC. Because now I get motivated to be, I'm going to make him into the, one of the biggest and the baddest thing about the boy. We're not asking. It's not something that we're gonna we're guessing about. It's because I know it's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. You you've been through it many times, so you know, yeah. okay, this is this is how it goes again. So after all of that is the first time I'm feeling that way. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, you know, say, I know I'm gonna talk to muscle no yeah. Because before I couldn't come in there muscle. Why do you think I didn't think there? I didn't <clears throat> Okay. I told you I haven't gone out for two years. January sometime made it two years. Yeah. I like you. The only time I touch road and seen people outside of my small circle, my home, was when I came to the memorial over at Topaz. Yes. I said, listen, I don't care what it is, if I just got to come through for five minutes and yeah, look man. at you, said, Jeff, yeah, man. a dad and a, a boss. true man. You know what I mean? A true man. And then move man. again. Besides that, I have not been on the road before, nor after that boss. <laughs> you know what <laughs> I mean? Yeah, it's just a respecting. You're, you're a man. Mm. When we're leaving the mall, you made sure you took care of me. He said, come, okay, you're you're here, okay, cool. No problem, you didn't ask no question. He said, how many tickets you need? You're okay, see you later, bye. You come back and we do business. You never for one second said, yo, yo you're crazy or whatever you're doing. You always mm-hmm. took care of me. The last mm-hmm. time we all sat down in this room, it was me, you, Hilly, uh, Auntie Faye, and Ringding. Mm-hmm. You understand? Mm-hmm. All four of us. So you know Ringding's a man that doesn't really talk, but I said, mm-hmm. nah, man, if we're doing this, we're going to do this. And... He talked. Mm. You know what I mean? So mm. it's it's just, it's a real thing there. It's, yeah, man. It was really shocking at first when Faye's gone. It's like, fuck, man. You know what I mean? You feel it for real. But when you see the two of them gone, boss. Yeah, man. It's, um, and I understand it after the fact. And I understand that this is the way that they would want it. Mm-hmm. Because, again, after Auntie Faye passed, Rinding couldn't live with that suffering mm-hmm. of not Antifa not being there. Mm-hmm. And that is why, you know, he called me the Friday night. Mm-hmm. I remember I was driving out of town and he called me and he said, um, if you have anything that you can bring, if you, if you get this COVID, get rid of this COVID, bring it in the morning. Mm-hmm. 
because they said that I'm going to die. I, I couldn't answer him on the phone. I was on the phone and the man said, Brother, mm-hmm. Brother. And my called me and I can't answer him. You, know. so you can't accept, I, 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 I can't, can't accept what you're trying to tell. So you mean, what you mean, Brother, but it is what it is, but I can tell you right now, um, I don't know if it's if it's him, maybe his spirit is around or what it is, but I, I got this motivation just coming at me for the past couple of weeks, mostly me, I mm-hmm. tell you. You ready? I feel like, yeah. I feel like when we started all Black Magic. I, mean, I felt mm-hmm. like when I just went to Nitro. Mm-hmm. That's how me feel now. Invigorated, ready to go. That yes, energy, that man, vibe. That energy, that vibe, that difference, that creativity. Because uh, what, a lot, what people don't know about Jeff, the master, is that mm-hmm. my better talent is not being an MC. Yeah. I'm just the MC because Rindin couldn't talk. Mm-hmm. Because again, after his lung problem, he couldn't talk. Mm-hmm. But I'm not the best MC. I can handle myself. But it's playing is my thing. That's your... So now people coming up to me and like, boy, Jeff, I never know you could have played like that. And I say, okay, because they never <laughs> see me play. That's how it started. So now it's like, so when I see you going to see a new Nitro because now you see Jeff the master start playing and it's a total different thing. Yeah. And what I'm trying to work on now because me and Rinding had a connection. We think the same way when it comes to music. We're going to be going in after our son play and we say, okay, Rinding, where we there now? Mm-hmm. And we always decide on the same thing. Never once. Mm-hmm. I can't remember in my lifetime, in all these over 20 years, may I play music with this guy. We have had a disagreement with those things. Mm-hmm. Disagreements, but not with those things. So we had a connection. Yeah. It's like a Michael Jordan and, and Scotty Pippen. Mm-hmm. So I will say me and Rinding was the Michael Jordan, Scotty Pippen. I've turned the dancer. For because sure. a lot of people play songs here, but I've never seen that kind of connection with two guys. I mean, Kamal and Blox is playing for a while here, but me I talk about connected on the court and off the court. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You understand what I mean? We had that. The energy. So now, that is what I'm trying now to do with Fireblocks now. We say Fireblocks, now we have to have a connection. If we have a connection, people will see it's a different way that they will receive the music. The, when we play, it's a different vibe. Marini used to play and people would just stand up and just look so. Mm-hmm. You know, Blocks and reactions say, boy, I've never seen anybody executed a four-corn speech and make it so perfect than when you two guys play. And if you hear Blacks from Black Reaction Set up. tell you that, because you know when it comes to on the court. Yes. Super K and Blacks, bro? Right. On point. I when him say, yo, bro, I don't know, man. But it was more of a connection that we had. You know, mm-hmm. we had that, that musical connection, and that not come easy and probably will never come again. Mm-hmm. But we are still here, Muslim. I mean, we are going to wave the flag as high as we can until, you know. Until whenever it until is. Until whenever it is. So. Let me ask you something. For somebody that's been in this space for as long as you have, all right? Yeah. Why is, out of everything, HIV always the hardest thing for us to speak about? Um, it's a good question, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a good question because um, uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm not even sure how to word it, but 
this whole HIV thing, people get a different perception of when you have HIV. Mm-hmm. And it's like, because most black people don't really understand mm-hmm. the, 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 the virus or the, the disease, whatever it is, people will scorn you or tend to think that, okay, if I have HIV and I touch muscle, I'm going to get it too. Mm-hmm. And people treat you differently. They, they look at you differently. You know, mm-hmm. you can't have any amount of COVID right now, you're all right. But if I HIV, yo, one day I'll be in a star channel. It's like, you know what I mean? And I think that just, that's just how it always is from day one. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I asked him, did you want us to talk about it? Did you want us to put it in the public? Did you want us to whatever? And he said, no. Mm-hmm. People would make speculation and they would say a lot of things and they said a lot of things and he dealt with it and, you know, when we just came back and it, and it, and it leaked out there or whatever, people used to say a lot of sound man say a lot of things and whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I said, do you want us to talk about it? And he said, no, because other than Rinding's wife, I think I'm the only person that he opens up to. Mm-hmm. I don't talk. No, not at all, boss. It keeps a lot of things in. Mm-hmm. You know, when it do come out, it's just that it overbearing him can't hold it no more. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, one of the reasons why me and Rinding friendship, you know, was so long was because it was a guy that will just tell me straight up, you did something, I'm going to like it. Mm-hmm. And how I want to deal with it or not, and him just no sick. I mean, easy for Bex and my Bex long. Mm-hmm. All a week, two weeks, me a Bex and him just call and say, Boss, you can't track over now. Yeah. It up, we're going. <laughs> yeah. That's how we live. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But, and that is why we had that kind of relationship right throughout. But, um, I just life, you know. That's mm-hmm. why I said earlier on off camera that right now, mm-hmm. anything with me can't change. Leave it alone. Yeah, man. Just leave it alone and live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've always, because my wife always says I always ask weird questions <laughs> and think weird things. I've always been in a dance with a thousand people. I say, yo, how many people in here are really sick in their nice clothes and nobody knows? In their pretty clothes, you know. The girl with the biggest bumper. The man with the nicest Versace. Sick and nobody knows, boss. I've always had a, I don't know why, that question always came to mind. Muscle, it's a question, but it's also a reality. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Big reality. Because I sit here and can tell you that I know people right this minute. I believe you, 1,000. Right this minute. It's not my story to tell who they look so good. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you, they are fighting some serious illnesses. I said it on my CD. Mm-hmm. Some odd people call and said, were you talking to me? Because mm-hmm. I know. You know? And um, Ringding, he did his time, and Auntie Ferris in peace, you know? Yeah, she was just a sweetheart and a darling and everything to that man, and trust me. Um, it, it, and it hit the dancehall community, too. You know, they, mm-hmm. they can see that it, because... Auntie Fee was everybody's aunt. Of course. That's why we call her yeah. Auntie Fee. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's know. not really her and name, but that's what we call her. Right. The ring is just a man with a seal and got you. Mm-hmm. Yes, boss. Yeah. Sorry, you're here. Mm-hmm. Yes, boss. Yeah, my brother. Mm-hmm. That's it. 
You know, you never hear them of me because me are the one who will talk a little bit and mm -hmm. him does not say nothing. <laughs> You're more social. Yeah. But one thing I respect, I don't know if this was set up this way or whatever, the fact that both of them died so quickly behind each other and there was no GoFundMe, I said, Baps, I don't know if you guys had to pool money together, if this, they had it, so whatever it was, but you guys, there was no GoFundMe, Baps. Yeah, man. You understand? Yeah, man. One of the original Nitro members, man, called me from Jamaica and said, Jeff, do I go fund for ringing? And I said, do I go who? He said, you must be mad. He said, brother, after all these years on Nitro, mm -hmm. in and out bleaching all these events that we keep, I talk about Muslim, man. You know, I put my brother in a style, man. A must. Put with a man like a king, a prince, you know, brother. And he knows that. Mm -hmm. Again, I have to also um, commend his son, his firstborn son, Tristan, because mm -hmm. he played a big role with that. And also, the dancehall community came, mm -hmm. and they, they gave donations, and they chipped in all the restaurants, Gems, chicken and things, house a jerk. People cooked their food and they said, Here, Jeff. Mm -hmm. People were just bringing things, brother. People were just coming. Everybody that played a role, everybody that donated a dollar mm -hmm. towards you know, just respect and thanks and we DM say it. But everybody just come together and made this thing happen. Go for me where? We are all wish bar. No way, bro. No. no. Way. If I gotta spend my last money. Last money, man. Sell me vehicle and berry ring ding, man. No way. If you get up and it again, me do it, man. No way. No way. It wasn't going to happen, brother. Yeah. You know? Failing situation was a little different because their family came in and they were more hands-on. And mm -hmm. people would see it and they will... I can clear that up right now, right here. Mm -hmm. And this podcast that I didn't have any control with failing. Mm -hmm. With Rinding, it's a little different. I could understand that. Rinding had his family, but he was a little bit distanced from his family. I was his family. Mm -hmm. So, even though his mom, but, okay, I'm doing this. Mm -hmm. And she will call me once or twice a week on the WhatsApp, still telling me thank you to today's date. Mm -hmm. Today's date, she will still do that. Auntie mm -hmm. didn't have that kind of control because her brother was here and he wanted to do things a little different. But we still, that's why mm -hmm. everything I did was for the both of them, if yeah. you guys noticed. Mm -hmm. I just couldn't do the burial with both of them because the family decided they didn't want that. Mm -hmm. I, didn't, I still don't know why, because that's what should have happened. They were yeah. together, they died together, they should be buried together, but again. But Family sometimes, them you know thing what, they you just leave them, it alone. Them thing they have. Yeah, that's yeah. That's so. This conversation, Jeff, this is what <clears throat> I knew it was going to be, especially from somebody like you that I know is very articulate and very direct in what you're saying. You mm -hmm. understand? And I knew this would have been a teachable moment, but I didn't know how teachable it was. Mm -hmm. You understand? Mm -hmm. If people don't learn anything from this conversation... They're not gonna learn again. Mm -hmm. You understand? Straight man. Yeah. For real, my brother man. Yeah. For real, for real, for real. Jeff. Yeah. Where could they think there? Where could they check you out online? Where could they hear the mixes? Leave some contacts. Leave some big ups. The floor is yours, hundred and ten percent right now, my brother. All right. All the big ups. You know, first we have to big up the supporters and. Even what dancehall is today, same way, the young youths, them coming along, same way, the music change, but yes, changing, but you know what I mean? 
Toronto Dance Hall is still at a good place mm-hmm. and it's still happening. And what we're doing, a lot of people, the venues that we have here, they don't have it in England, they don't have it in America. Mm-hmm. You know, so we're still doing great. You know what I mean? We have to just find a way to just calm down on the stupid smoking and, you know, some of the violence sometimes and just, you know, but big up to all of that. I also see where I saw something interesting on your podcast. I watched Double Six yeah. and I saw the history clash coming mm-hmm. coming up. Of course, that can't miss me. Yeah. Whatever event I have that day, <laughs> I have to put aside because that's something that we mm. remember from those times. I've always encouraged these guys that they need to do more with the Clash World and mm-hmm. try to do more clashes like what New York is doing. Mm-hmm. So big up to all the sounds, man. Big up to everybody, all the promoters, you know, all the supporters. You can find me on Instagram, Master Jeff. And you can find me on Instagram, Jeff the Master. You can find me on Instagram, Nitro Inter- um, Events. And you always can find Lady Ely. She's on every Instagram. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fireblocks mm-hmm. is on Instagram. And yeah, we're easy to find, especially with social media these days. Mm-hmm. But last but not least, you know muscle. <laughs> um, I don't know if other people really acknowledged or are, are, are even appreciative of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. When you were going to start this podcast, man, you sat down and we talked. Come and on. you said, listen, Jeff, this is my vision and this is where mm-hmm. I want to take things. And I've seen it happening. That's why I may have read, you know, yeah. because we think similar, right? And we set goals. Mm-hmm. Have to. Right, and again, I, I, I was in a, a, a training yesterday for my job, and I remember the, the host said, listen, if you have goals and don't have deadlines, right, it's just a dream. A wish. It's a wish. <laughs> exact word. It's just a wish. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You have to set goals and say, listen, at this time, I'm going to meet them. I miss you. You do that in the muscle. Mm-hmm. How much number with them, our muscle? 200 and what? 50 something? 250 mm-hmm. something in a bus. And now we start watching them in all for morning. You know, <laughs> I've had cast me and watching you know, because some of them pass me and I'm not looking up. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I just want you to know, brother, that you're doing a great job. Mm-hmm. Right? Respect. Yeah, man. And mm-hmm. them things are excitement because you like a me, I do it. The way me feel happy for you mm-hmm. and know that you're doing it for us. For sure. Right? It's a platform where the world can see my story. They can really understand how my running come from, how we pass, how I deal with it. And you give me that platform right here. Listen, much mm. respect. And uh, we appreciate you, brother. Thank you. You're seeing, and we like where I do, we love where I do, and just keep up the good job, my boss. That's especially coming from somebody like you, Jeff. As I said, <laughs> you've never one day questioned, are you sure? And I tell you 10,000 crazy different things I'm working on. You've never said, yo, you sure? You said, all right, cool, come, let's go, let's go. There's yeah. never been a, oh, I'm not really sure. It's always been a, come, let's go. And that's what I rate with you 100%. Yeah, you man. Understand? Yeah, man. Respect, man. It was always nice being here, man. Until next time. You no? understand. Man. Jeff, the conversation. Crazy conversation, boss. You understand? I need that. Highs, lows, and everything in between. Yes, I. You know what I mean? Straight, man. Let me give you an outro and get you out of here, all right? See. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is Muscle, and this has been another Two Line Music Huts Entertainment Report podcast, and we are out. This podcast is brought to you by www.twolinedmusichut.com.